0: all
1: right everybody and welcome back to the flag hunting podcast bit of a different episode this week with golf obviously off the schedule uh, here to start September. we got a couple weeks off of golf. Chris will be doing his Darlington breakdown, um, and maybe a little playoff preview in a different podcast, but we figured now, given the break in the action, it's a great time to kind of bring on a bit of more casual episode, bring together, um, three guys that we talk about quite a bit on this show. Um, when we went to the group chat, this is, uh, this is exactly what we're talking about. So we got three guys here, Eric, John, and Nick, uh, that, um, we reference all the time that we, we bounce our picks off of and that we're, Pretty much in cause communication with i don't think i talk to anyone else more than i talk to these three guys at least on like uh, a digital level so uh yeah i'm gonna let these guys kind of go through we'll start with eric then john then nick uh kind of give you all um kind of how we met short individual intro where you name it or what your name is where you're from and maybe uh throw in your favorite golfer or nascar driver um to end there yeah so we'll throw it to eric first uh let him get things started
2: yeah, what's up, guys? I'm excited to be here. Uh, thanks for the invitation and joining all that or whatever people normally say when they join podcasts. It's my my first time, so we'll see that. Um, but anyways, yeah, my name's Eric with an H, E-R-I-C-H. All my social media handles have that spelled out with an H uh, just there because people forget. Yeah. Uh, living in Wisconsin, even though I was half family that all came from Illinois, so I like all the Chicago sports teams there. The Cubs, the Bears, the Bulls, Blackhawks, they all suck right now and have nothing to root for. So that's where we turn to, to fantasy sports and gambling on NASCAR and golf, all that stuff. I uh, consider myself a fantasy sports degenerate because that's all I eat, sleep, and breathe. That It's all I'm doing on my phone. People are out there scrolling yep. social media, recording TikTok videos, or watching Netflix, doing whatever, and I'm over here checking my numerous teams across all the sports and focusing on all that the people are confused on why i'm addicted to my phone but it's a full-time job doing doing these fantasy sports things uh first met chris through um the the fantasy football Life podcast shout out to them they do great work there found them through the foot clan joined the dynasty football league that chris and ian created and then Developed a strong friendship from there that we've got a, a dynasty league for every major sport out there and just have continued to grow there, which has been awesome there. Um, when it comes to to NASCAR, I grew up a Casey Kane fan. Well, actually, Jeff Gordon. And then once he retired, moved over to Casey Kane for many years. Now I've just bounced around and root for whoever we're betting on each week. So that so that depends on on Chris. um yeah. But if I did have to pick one, I'd probably go William Byron since I've always been loyal to Hendrick Motorsports and that 24 car. Yeah. So I'm going there. Golf, I'm very new into it. Had Willie Z on our on my fantasy team, so I'll be rooting for him and, and happy to see him win uh, that couple weeks ago. So a little bit about me. I know I went over a minute, but I could go hey. on all day like Rory picks. So
1: Hey, that's <laughs> right. There. That's right. Yeah, we are never going to cut anybody off from talking, man. This is uh it's going to be a long one I feel like for uh for those of y'all listening, so hopefully y'all got plenty there's, of time
0: to mute. There's a yeah. quick there's a quick omittance from Eric though. We need we need one more thing from you. Oh you yeah. Pro, you provide something very crucial to our gambling group chat.
2: Yeah, I'm the prop bet guy. So when it comes to the home run derby, the Kentucky Derby with the with the horses there, and then, you know, slam dunk contest, any sort of those all-star event prop bet type events is is where I'm i'm specializing there so maybe next year i'll start making them a little more public i was gonna
1: say yeah it's it's actually chris and i've talked about it like off air uh, a couple times like it's impossible for eric to lose money in an all-star game like (laughs) mlb all-star game pro bowl uh nba all-star game three-point contest like it's just cash every single time so it's uh it's been a much-needed bankroll builder for for me and chris uh, definitely during our our kind of cold stretches of the season so yeah we, we we focus there for that for sure uh Moving on to John, a fellow Chicago guy. Um, or at least he's he's repping the Bulls. Um, the Bulls. I guess what would that be? Kind of warm up. Yeah. yeah warm up to start there for uh, for the other listeners at home. Uh, but yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. So I'm John. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller here. Um, so I am from Illinois originally, hence all the Chicago stuff. So a little kinship there with Eric. Uh, lived in Florida for most of my life. Now I'm actually in Durham, North Carolina. Um, in terms of Uh, How I got to know you guys, Uh, a buddy of mine was on Reddit, and uh, Chris had posted that you guys needed an owner for your Dynasty baseball team, and he knows that uh, I'm looking for that all the time. If I can join those leagues, I'm always going to be in. So, join that. Uh, I think I came on right before you guys were doing one of the drafts, so came in, got to meet everybody. It was already crazy, hectic, and everything. Uh, So, I am not in every league you guys run yet. Uh, We're getting there uh you know we're in the vampire league the nascar and the golf um took over the worst nascar team possible so that happens but um that it's been really fun uh, obviously so uh then from there i made a couple of comments about betting on things and then you guys were like oh i guess john does some some gambling should we add him to their gambling chat and uh and so now i'm in that um now i'm getting rich off ian getting rich off chris So uh, I'm going to be paying off my mortgage here in a couple of years, probably at the current rate. Um, So I was never really big into NASCAR or golf growing up. I mean, I would watch it, you know I mean? I know who like, you know, I knew who the big people were. Um, But when you guys are like, oh yeah, Casey Kane, I mean, I know who that is, but couldn't, if I saw him, I would have no idea who he was. Right. So for me, kind of what happened was the whole world shut down. Uh, Nothing was on TV except for NASCAR. Right. So NASCAR came back and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. I, I need something. And, uh, Honestly, I got pretty hooked, and then it, it really helped uh, that I kind of met you guys and we really got into that. Uh, so for me, I work for Napa Auto Parts, so my favorite driver obviously has to be Chase Elliott. Um, you know, that's the toy in the company line there, right? If I say to anybody else, you know, if it gets out, um, yeah. No, but but uh, I really do. Uh, he probably is my favorite driver, honestly. Um, there's not anybody I really don't like. I would say my second favorite, if I had to have, would be Kyle Busch. So, uh, uh, big, big cow He rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but I love it. I love the moxie. I love the cockiness. Uh, and the reality is he's a phenomenal driver. If he sucked right then, you know, we would all hate him for it. But, um, and that, so then, uh, on the golf side, um, you know, my favorite golfer is probably Rory. I mean, he's probably everybody's favorite golfer, but, um, you know, I just, the fact that he's a regular sized human and he can drive the ball as far as he does, uh you know he's sort of one of those guys who's you just you get a lot of um sort of every man with him he goes through these spurts where he can't hit the ball at all and then you know, he can't put the ball at all and um he owns up to it and we all wish that uh you know we could do the same thing on the golf course when you know we just want to throw our clubs in the water but uh and i think it's great what he's done he knows he's the face of the PJ tour and i think he's owned up to that so i really respected him for that so that's me in a nutshell
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And Rory, I mean, yeah, Rory's one of those guys where, yeah, I mean, he has his struggles, but at the same time, like, when Rory's on, um, it gets pretty scary for anybody in golfing history. I was talking to a buddy of mine at the golf course today, and, like, where where Rory sits, um, and was like, all-time greats, and, like, he's, even with, like, kind of the struggles he's had over the last, like, six, seven years, not being able to close majors, like, he's still a top-ten player uh, for me of all time, so uh here's hoping obviously Roy can get it I'm get it done in Augusta next year we'll be talking about maybe a little bit of Masters preview coming up um in a little bit but yeah I mean he's already uh, he's already spent himself as far as a all-time great and a legend for sure and we'll get finally to uh, our boy Nick here who uh, we've known a little bit longer and uh he's got a he's you know he's climbing the ranks just like us in the Twitter sphere um with his uh with his pick so I'll let Nick uh kind of go through his elevator speech and we'll actually have a special segment coming up for uh for kind of Nick and his his uh his journey alongside us in this uh, gambling Twitter space.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I should have been planning what I was gonna say while Eric and John were talking, but I was kind of just being a listener too, cause like you know. But anyways, yeah, I grew up with Chris. Um, we, me, Chris, and Ian went to school together. I was the baby. I was a few years younger than them, and uh, Chris needed a filler for his fantasy football draft, and
0: that's that's, that's how there's we got in there's on. a theme here it's kind of funny
4: it is it is kind of funny but um but anyways eric left something super important out eric also is very profitable in his hot dog contest bets. yes yeah I thought so um we we left we left that prop contest out but um a game of all oh absolutely The American but all so stuff. but so yeah um i grew up dad worked for nascar um Evernham Motorsports so Casey Kane, Bill Elliott, all all those guys. Um But so I mean really as of recently just like Eric said, kind of a fan of whoever we're betting on on Sunday. I really, really like Austin Sindrick. Um just because going into the five hundred this year, naturally that's the one I put the most money down on, and we cashed a big old Austin Cindrick ticket. And I help. have him as one of my dynasty drivers too in our fantasy NASCAR league. Like like Eric said, you name it, we do it. Yeah. But um, and then yeah, Nick, for golf, I, I really like. What's up? I was I was just
1: gonna cut you off real quick. I was gonna say one of these one of these days I'm gonna convince Trish to bet Cindric again at one of these <laughs> tracks at like 66 to one and we're gonna catch another one. But I haven't quite <laughs> gotten to the point yet. I'll be
4: I'll be riding with you. And is my is my face frozen for you guys? No, yeah, you're good. Bro. You're good. Okay, definitely frozen for me, but that's all good. I'll keep going. I don't need to see myself. You look great, bud. Um, thanks. So, um, back to back on track to golf. Cam Smith, probably yeah. probably my boy. That was that was pretty exciting catching some some Cam Smith stuff this year. But um, but really I'm kind of the I, the listen to Chris and Ian. Whoever they tell me to bet, that's who I bet. And I've been so busy as you are talking about. I mean, yeah. baseball is every day all day. If, <laughs> if, if I have time off, I'm, I'm getting baseball information. I'm looking up stats. I'm listening to podcasts, listening to different, any way I can get an edge, get some information. So, um, I, I it's kind of an ignorant thing to say, but like, I, I don't have a whole lot of time to keep yeah. up with the other stuff. I pretty much just do what you guys say, but, um, I guess I could make the time, but, but yeah, pretty locked in on baseball. Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. I mean, and, and me and Chris is the same way. I mean, I, Nick knows. I mean, we live, eat, breathe, and sleep. Our professional sports, and we'll get to Nick um, and his MLB picks um, kind of in the next segment. But I did, I did want to kind of jump off of that because I, I was very curious to know how flag hunting has kind of changed y'all's, like, weekly schedules. Because obviously golf and NASCAR are two, as well as baseball, are, two, are three of the um, the longest, have three of the longest seasons in all the sports. You know, so, like, for golf, I know we have two weeks off in September, then, like, a month off in December. And we're pretty much back at it. NASCAR has what, like four months off between like November to February or whatnot. So for most of the year, I mean, you, you got. I mean, I know I'm sweating like Tuesday or Thursday morning golf bets and Chris's, you know, going through practice and qualifying. How is, um, what's your typical schedule look like? Is t- in terms of like paying? Do you guys not pay attention till the weekend in terms of like golf, or do you guys, uh, are you guys riding from hole one to hole seventy two? I'm I'm curious to know like, um, you know how deep into the minutiae you guys get in terms of these tournaments.
3: Yeah, uh, so North Carolina, obviously, sports betting, you got to do it offshore, right? But my job, I have a lot of stores I cover in Virginia and so what I end up having to do is uh, I have to kind of plan it where I know Ian doesn't have his stuff finalized until like Tuesday night, so I have to try to plan a Wednesday trip, and then Nick, excuse me, Chris doesn't always have his NASCAR stuff, so I'm like, well, I don't know, we'll see if I can get back. If not, I'll have to like, you know, do a offshore kind of a thing to try to get that, but um, so for me, it basically meant like, from here to the border of Virginia is like an hour, so I'm like, even if I don't have to go to a store that day, here I am driving up here just to get these okay. logged in, and then then I'm following the whole time. Like if the thing is started, and I drive a lot for work. uh ESPN Plus, throw it on there, right? Cause all the tournaments are there. I can listen, I can watch, I can follow along on the app. So um, I follow along on the golf. On NASCAR, most of the time I have to record it on Sunday and watch it on Monday just because Sundays are really busy for me. So usually I'll mute the chat on Sunday so that I don't know who wins and then uh, I either kind of wake up a winner, mon- you know, Monday or, or I don't, and then I watch the race. Um, so that's how that kind of works out for me. And then with uh, with Nick's stuff, you know, uh, ride every chance that I can. And obviously I'm, I'm a huge baseball guy, so I'm following anyways. So for me, it's easy to follow along with his bets.
1: Eric, you, um, I know, I know you, I know Eric works from home quite a bit. I've seen some screenshots of uh, you know, obviously, you know.
2: Yeah, coincidentally, I I only work home from Thursday, so so work gave me an option that I could start working one day a week and and going through my calendar and following yeah. the flag hunting pod. I'm like, oh well, Thursday is that first day where you could really get in there and see, if, okay, are our bet's gonna have a have a chance over the weekend, or are we completely out of it? So I picked Thursday and. Yeah, I get up in the morning and turn on my computer. Then in the background there, you got golf on all day, trying yeah. to double dip there. Um, as for the, the podcast, yeah, I, I am fully addicted and looking forward to it. So come Tuesday, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, I'm logging on to the, the sports books and looking for what kind of odds are out there and taking a peek at which ones interest me. And then I'm waiting for you guys to Give us our our insider access previews of of who you're thinking, who you're leaning there. And then ultimately, if if you send that card out early, Ian, then I'm trying to get them right away before the odds drop throughout the week goes on. So I'm always looking forward to that. And then come NASCAR, I I have ideas in my head. But then first thing Wednesday morning, I got that hour commute to work going into the office. So I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast right away Wednesday morning. And then after I get done and have an idea for Chris's liens or picks that are there, then I'm logging in, entering those right away. So I definitely look forward to listening to the podcast every week, have a lot of fun with that. gives me a break from all the fantasy football and other fantasy sports podcasts that I have on the rotation and go in there. And Full Tank Phil, I listen to him, so shout out to to everything he's doing there. The Wednesday night, the Twitter Spaces show that Derek puts on, uh, yep. You usually try and make that. And then, like I said, Thursday mornings, I'm at ho- mostly remote, watching there on ESPN Plus or whoever has it on. And then from there, I'm usually dialed out on golf until Sunday afternoon when we're really sweating a good one, trying to flip between the NASCAR race and golf. Yeah. And, uh, not going to shout out Victor Hovland because he's screwed me plenty of times on, on, what is it, Thrive? After you guys had that Thrive promotion, I, I've done Thursday. that. So usually, I only do Thursdays because it's a little more unpredictable and fun and, and I've had a lot of sweat in there thanks to you guys and getting some leans there after listening to the, usually after listening to the podcast and getting Ian's analysis on, on the weather conditions and how he thinks different guys will, will golf. Then I go in and make my picks and uh, yeah, big, big middle finger to, to Victor Hovland, even though I, even though I still love the guy. So it's, yeah. it's all fun.
1: For the, for those of y'all without context, um, Eric was in a he was in the US Open, the Thursday contest of the US Open and he was he was in the thing the twenty five dollar contest that they have for the prop market there on Thrive. I think he was sitting what top three
2: or top five. I was, he was, yeah, I was sitting second, gonna cash yeah. in like nine hundred dollars. And then yeah. I I was nine for nine out of ten right. Last one was Hovland and I needed under three and a half birdies and he was sitting at three forever. Yeah. And then right on the eighteenth hole. He, he bogeyed or, or whatever. I missed, yeah. I missed it. I think I had his bogeys. Three and a half bogeys. I had the under. And then oh. he got the fourth one right on the 18th hole. And I fell from second with big money all the way down to, to middle of the pack, barely breaking even. All in one stroke.
1: Yeah. No, I, I feel that. That's the thing about the thing about this big contest, man. Is like I, I was in one with Underdog um, this past weekend. I did the – it was called the Pup Cup, which was the – the golf, uh, the play playoff, basically three-week event that they do, like best ball, where you draft like a 10-man team. And then yep. um, based on kind of how they perform, you advance through different rounds. It's very similar to the best ball contest they have for football. Um, and I had one team live for the Tour Championship, and I, I was sitting up there top like 25, top 20 for a good portion of the week. And then an, um, I think it was Tigala scott and Stallings. so adam scott city gallant and scott stallings i need one of them to shoot like a decent round on sunday uh so kind of climb the ranks and they all like just completely gas canned it and uh i had to sit there and re- keep refreshing the feed and watch my price buddy go down uh more and more as they went on but yeah it'll get you but man i i like i like what eric said about making his own selections based on our analysis because i i that's what i truly kind of want um this show to be is, you know, us giving as much information as we can and then um, giving y'all a chance perhaps to make your own decisions. And I know a couple of y'all have cashed outrights that weren't even on the official card. So just knowing that y'all are learning more about golf and learning about, more about NASCAR, um, even if I can't cash with you, does warm the heart a lot. Uh, Nick, I know obviously you're you're in the grind as far as, you know, full time work but he's the only one I believe with a kid in this group chat and doing the picks there on the side. So um What's your typical, I mean, I know you are obviously watching baseball 24-7. Do you get a chance to watch a bit of golf, a bit of NASCAR to kind of take your mind off
4: things? Yeah, so I was going to say Sundays, typically locked in on baseball. But there's like this dead period after the afternoon games between that and Sunday night baseball. And sometimes if we have a guy in a mix or anything like that, I'll typically tune in to whether it's the race or whether it's the end of the tournament for golf. Yeah. Um, and Chris's, Chris's, what do they call it? The first round leader, first yeah. round leader bets Thursdays. Those could be kind of fun on a, on a slow Thursday and such. But, um, yeah. but yeah, Sundays typically baseball. And I was talking to Chris the other day and like, I didn't even know we were about to cash. Honestly, I don't even remember who we hit the other day, but I told. Oops.
0: Oh no
4: the group chat and you were hollering and i was like oh cool let's go (laughs) yeah
1: that's that's honestly like honestly one of the most unexpected repercussions of doing this like joint sport podcast is the fact that like when things aren't going well in golf it's really nice to be able to kind of switch over to nascar and be like all right just take your mind off the double bogey my guy just made from like you know 150 yards in the fairway um and i can watch these cars just go around and and tilt me another way um so yeah I, i I, I like the fact that kind of we get to wrap up both these events on Sunday uh, every single week. And there's definitely been chances. There's definitely been opportunities or at least like scenarios where I've just been tilting golf like off my ass. And then like, you know, our guy will be in the lead. Our guy will be on the lead, with, in the lead with like 80 laps to go. And it makes me feel a little bit better. So, um, yeah, and I won't have to like panic hedge. Like I um, used to do, <laughs> like when my guy like made it like a double bogey on like on Sunday, just panic hedge at, like minus two hundred and just just try to get out of the week with a, a winner or like a slight win.
2: Try that on Colin once. It did not work out for me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you and me both, big dog. <laughs> you and so, me both. Um, well, one of these yeah. days we're gonna hit
2: that first podcast double, and and that'll be pretty exciting. So
1: yeah, that's we've gotten close, week. gotten close, but all right. Um, so yeah, that's, the, that's our that's a little. What 25 minute intro <laughs> for the guys, uh, real quick. But let's uh, let's go to Nick real quick um, and, and do kind of his special segment. He's like I said, he's the only one I believe in this group chat uh, th- with a kid. So he's got some family to to maybe get to here in a little bit. So we don't want to shortchange him. Uh, but if you do, if you guys don't know Nick, he was on the podcast earlier in the springtime, right before baseball season was about to kick off. And since then, his Twitter page, his fir- in his first year, maybe what four months um, of giving picks out to the public, four or five months. At Nick's MLB picks, he's over 500 followers now, so please go and follow him if you don't already. Um, but yeah, it's his first year on gambling Twitter. He's up over 15 units as of this recording. I think he's up. I think you've, you've hit. You've been plus money like what eight of the last ten days or something like that. So he is on a a real heater. Sure. Um, so I would I just like to go through maybe just to start out with Nick, um, kind of how you've adjusted uh, from maybe betting casually within the group chat to maybe to putting your picks out there for hundreds thousands of people to see, um, and just kind of your experiences. Just uh, in the first few months here on gambling Twitter, um, what you uh, what you just what you uh, changed?
4: Yeah, so I definitely got more disciplined in my unit count. I was sending them out last year. It was kind of just these are the bets, let's ride. Getting units more disciplined rather than just sending out. We hit three today. We lost two, so and so, vice versa. But um. But yeah, it's it's been an awesome year, it really has, and and that podcast, I did have a a pretty hot take at the time, and it's my five-unit future of the Cardinals missing the playoffs, and that's looking pretty miserable right now, but I still stand by that take. I mean, Goldie and Nolan Arenado are just, like, unbelievable. I think I put a tweet out the other day, like, I don't think they've been up this year a single time as runners on scoring position and not cashed in. Like, the dudes are just unbelievable. Um, and like the defense is so good, they could they could throw they could throw me out there. And I'm sorry if you guys can hear any any noise in the background. Julian's just got out of the that's so my little boy. He's crying. He's getting I'll But back to the features on the podcast during the season. My Cy Young picks were Justin Verlander, no, Syndergaard, with, um, Sandy Alcantara, and Logan Webb.
0: So those Cy Young picks are looking
1: pretty good, and then. Um, what so? Let me see. Is my there mic working? It's Maybe better now. To... Yeah, you had you cut off for probably like ten seconds. So go over your Cy Young picks one more time. It was a little bit, a little bit quiet.
4: Okay. So my Cy Young picks: Verlander, Syndergaard, Alcantara, and Logan Webb. So Verlander and Alcantara looking great. Um, mm-hmm. I also bet on Julio Rod- Julio Rodriguez to win the American League Rookie of the Year and um jeremy pena is my second so that's not great but um yeah. i mean he's going up but yeah anyways futures are looking good aside from my miserable Cardinals take. but um but so it's been a, it's been a really fun year though and yeah, um yeah. i'm loving it right now it's been a really fun two weeks
1: yeah for sure and uh and obviously nick's like he's right in the middle i mean we got like 30 40 games left in the mlb season so he's He's right in the middle of everything. Maybe we'll have him on um, to maybe recap the season uh, at a later date. But, yeah, he's, he's right in the middle of it. And, you know, I know for a fact that he puts in as much work as anybody when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to finding these splits and finding these uh, different markets and the edges that, that are available on the odds board. Um, I'd like to ask you maybe a little bit kind of how your process maybe has changed from the start of the year. You know, you mentioned obviously being a bit more disciplined with your unit counts. Um, but is there maybe – um, an adjustment you've made in terms of like the stats you look at, or, um, maybe if there's a lesson you've learned about maybe an edge you thought you had that you didn't, or maybe vice versa, something that you found that, you know, has been more profitable, profitable than expected. Um, just kind of go into how your process has changed. Cause I know you've, you've obviously evolved a lot. as a better just in these last few months?
4: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm sorry, I didn't mute my mic. I don't know what you guys can hear in the background and such, but, You're but all anyways, great. um, I gotta, I gotta dip out after this. But so my process, I will, will happily talk about my process. If you guys can still hear me, I got all my tabs open. But um, yeah. my favorite website um, as of late is shout out to pitcherless.com. Yep. Um, I use Baseball Savant a ton, but I've slowly been transitioning to most all of my pitcher information on Um, I use all kinds of first five runs per game, um, home away splits, full game runs per game, I love using fangraphs, um, K percentage, and I use PitcherList for K percentage, swinging strike rate, um, called strikes with percentage, all kinds of things like that for my K props. Um, fangraphs I use for my home and road splits, my righty-lefty splits, um, um, OPS, all things like that. Um, some stats are manipulable um, with, like, course field, um, Great American Ballpark for the Reds. So some of those stats have to be adjusted as far as what i use for offensive things like that but my favorite stat is typically wrc plus which is weighted runs created and then like a bunch of other factors and such but um opds is also a pretty reliable stat and all that stuff but um let's see going through everything i have about 25 tabs open um on my on my chrome it's just year round like my max ram is probably pretty miserable things about to explode but um but yeah, I mean it's an everyday thing, so I use those tabs pretty much daily. I have stolen base tabs open. I don't do those as much, but um hitter props, Chris knows, and you guys know about my hitter props. Um, yeah, not gonna talk about hitter props. But no, my, my <laughs> couple of my favorite bets are I love betting team total runs. Yep. Um I love betting K props. And lately I've been getting into more money lines and stuff, but um, but yeah, if I have to if I have to celebrate a couple guys at all this year it's it's probably paul blackburn yep like i remember week two the chat is just like nick who the hell is paul blackburn why are we betting on this guy to strike out three blue jays it's like not like just trust me this dude's got the it all right so paul blackburn is like one of the only reasons i am plus money this year not really but um but yeah so paulie buckets as i call him uh Edward Cabrera bet on him to win the National League Rookie of the Year, but um he missed a ton of time with some shoulder problems. I believe it was shoulder, but um Eddie's the man, man. He he cashed my most electric lock of the year the other night where I sent to the group. It ain't happening tonight, boys. Flipped it around, <laughs> struck out the side, cashed that lock, swept the day, and that really kicked off our hot streak because it's it's been a blast since then. Yeah. But if you if you're not super into baseball and just want to tail a pick every once in a while my lock of the days are like those are mortgage bets man I just put three units on them I just do one to three units for my scale but um my my hashtag is locks don't lose man like put whatever you want on those locks and
2: I haven't so, so I just write them don't even think about it just hammer those lock bets and yeah later so
4: last year cool. last year we were 23 and six on lock of the days this year I'm sixteen, eleven, and one, so not as not where I want to be, but my last handful of locks we've been we've been really good except for the Yankees, man, that stupid team.
1: Well, we won't get into the uh, yeah we won't, we don't want to turn this into a fight. This is a camaraderie type of type of podcast. So uh, obviously Nick's a Red Sox fan, my boy Chris is the Yankees fan. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll put aside the, the robbery for now, but. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe one last question for you before we uh, let you go is you, know, you mentioned a lot of like I, I, for me personally, just just watching you and and seeing your process. You, I think a lot of your process has to do with your knowledge about pitchers and which pitchers are actually performing better over expectation, and maybe which pitchers are are uh, pitching you know worse than expected, right? Or um, yeah, like just just having a, having that knowledge of their baselines and then kind of working from there based on what the markets say um so what yeah. what are what are the stats that you you know what are the stats or what are the um let's see what's what's the word for it the stats or advanced metrics yeah advanced metrics or yeah just anything that you that you happen to use to kind of to build that knowledge and to have that kind of um that compass in your head that's that allows you to find the gems like a blackburn or a cabrera
4: yeah so i mean oakland is just a giant ballpark for for poly buckets so He's he's a fly ball pitcher um, and a ballpark like Oakland. They they keep the ball in the ballpark. And um, another stat that I really, really love is defensive run saved. And I've been getting really into defensive stats this year and Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily like fading certain pitchers who do have below average underlying stats but have a really good defense. Like Jose Arquidy is one that – I I made the mistake of fading quite a bit early on in the year, but Houston's defense is just so good that they they just keep the ball in front of them. And so he can pitch pretty confidently with them behind them. Dakota Hudson's another one I faded. I lost a ton of money on that guy this year, but the Cardinals defense is just so good. So um, Orioles pitchers, I mean, those pitchers will always overachieve because of that wall in Camden and the Orioles defense has been good this year. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, a stat that I really like to use is XERA um, XFIP, things like that. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, teams that play in big ballparks, like, or not big ballparks, like ballparks, like Coors, um, Cincinnati. And like, I, I faded Dakota Hudson tonight. Cause he's pitching in Cincinnati. He's pitching the great American ballpark. And, yeah. um, so that was, I mean, that, that, that cashed a little bit ago, but so, um, but yeah, really it's just, Xera, all kinds of things like that, all things on pitcher list, and um, yeah, I'm trying to think who's another pitcher. Oh, Patrick Corbin, that dude's miserable. So we've made a lot of money fading Patrick Corbin, picking our spots with him. Um, and Taylor Hearn early on in the year, I like I like tagging on to bad pitchers with bad defenses and bad bullpens. Yeah, so that way if if they do have a good outing, the bullpen takes care of it you know, or an error, things like that. So, but, um, I would love more than anything to stay on the pod with you guys and chat more, but I'm getting the, some scary texts from the wife right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. 10, four, brother. 10, four. We're not going to, we're not going to, um, incite any kind of violence in the household either. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate that, man. I know you couldn't uh get too deep in your process, but hopefully, um, it gives a little bit of our a little bit of insight on kind of what you're looking at on a day to day basis. And obviously, um, you know, instills a lot more confidence if you don't already have it and, uh, and the, uh, the picks that Nick brings on a day-to-day basis. So man, keep it up, brother. I know uh, it's going to be a big kind of month for y'all with the playoffs coming up. Uh, so a lot more exposure on baseball here the next month or two. Uh, so, you know, we'll be riding and uh, yeah, keep up the good work, brother. Understood, yeah. Nick before,
0: you, Nick, before you go, I want you to know too. So go this bombers. weekend, this, this weekend I was with, <laughs> yeah, go bombers. Right. Uh, I was with obviously, you know, full take Phil and Derek from, uh, you know, picks by blaze and, Skybox and all the NASCAR guys this past weekend. We were sitting at the bar on Saturday night after the race, after it got postponed, and literally Phil and Derek were like, "Hey, just real quick, I promise, real quick." Phil and Derek were like, "What's Nick's lock of the day? We got to know, we got to know." Oh, he's gone. But well, anyways, okay. cool story, cool story there. Uh, they all, everyone loves Nick's picks, and uh, he's he's a really good follow. For sure. uh, So yeah, I guess with that being said, we'll we'll kind of transition back to to Eric and John here. But um, yeah, what has I guess what has been the most crucial thing for you guys from Nick's m l b picks because I know John I know for example you you were betting the n r f i s and that's not something that's in nick's in Nick's stable, so have you incorporated some some of Nick's stuff to come up with that or is that something you had before that before
3: that um So I never had a Twitter and then, you know, you guys needed to get to 300 followers and (laughs) Nick started the Twitter and I think you were at 299. I was like, screw it. All right, I'm going to be number 300. And so I follow a few people and um, it's funny he mentioned first round leader. There's one of the golf guys that I think Ian also follows posted. He's like, oh, for like 700 on first round leaders. And Chris has hit like two this year. I mean, it's insane how impossible it is to hit them. Um, so the fact that we've hit a couple but um, nrfi is like honestly the most frustrating bet out there what i like about it is that i either a loser win immediately right so it's like there'll be nobody on base two outs it's the bottom of the first inning two strikes and then that guy somehow hits a homer or you know he hits a bloop single or there's an error and then there's a double and you and it's 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 maddening but um I just I don't know I like it the odds are usually pretty decent you can get like you know 140 150 sometimes you get a game at Coors or like Cincinnati you get these plus odds on it um so yeah if if Nick bets the Cubs I don't bet it not because of uh, that just because we feel cursed when we do that um it just seems that way I have a few teams that are dead to me forever the Brewers Zero chance they're ever going to make it on my card. And the White Sox, every time that we have bet them to do anything, they literally have done the opposite. Um, and that goes even for myself if I have bet them outside of of an It to be like, you know, the Brewers are, are playing the Little League team from Hawaii, and somehow the Brewers don't cover the spread, stuff like that. I mean, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, I don't have all – I don't dive into the metrics the way he does. Uh, for me, a lot of it is um, – I just I happen to know a lot of baseball. I know the stuff that he's pulling from, um, and I'll use some of his knowledge to kind of look. And, and like you said, a lot of it is, if it's a really horrible pitcher and it's a horrible defense, um, it's an easy pick. He mentioned today, I think, a Braves-Rays parlay. Well, the Braves were minus 340 or something like that, so I just picked him to score... Uh, I think over two and a half, which they should, and it was better odds. So I'll do things like that sometimes to kind of put them together. Um, but the death of my betting is always a parlay. I just can't stay away, man. I I, I just <laughs> straight, straight. It. I'm, I'm kind of like Ian, man. You know, these straight bets of like minus 140 and minus one. I just can't do it. I'm like, I, okay, I put 10 bucks on it and I win eight. I win seven, like, yeah. you know, five. I don't, I can't do it. You know, give me these plus 200, 300, 400 um, so that that's what happens right so you uh,
4: yeah yeah
3: yeah and so for me like when I first signed up for um I think it was on Fanduel. like I just had just started and like the first night I won I said $100 parlay and I'm like this is easy like we're gonna make so much money right and then you realize that that's a sucker bet and all you end up doing is maybe breaking even if not losing yeah. money but um when it comes to baseball yeah I don't I don't have anywhere near the the time um to or or the desire i mean really what nick does to do it every day is awesome kudos to him seriously follow him because just the work he puts in uh, is incredible
1: yeah
2: yeah i like tailing nick early in the week to get some extra bullets there for the, the golf and nascar picks once once we're there later in the week so that's usually when i focus in on that and then i use up all my money that later in the week i don't have the the funds to continue to tail them until after the, after the race and after golf there, but a lot of fun. I really enjoy his, his K props. Cause then I can spin those on to prize picks and do their, their over under parlay type style where you're, you're hitting bigger odds than if you parlay them in normal sports books. So that's usually what I'm looking for for Nick is getting in on those, those K props and, and anytime it's a lock, I, I have to find a way to, to ride with it. So.
1: Dig some, some coins underneath the couch cushions, because uh, yeah, he's had he's had a crazy record when it comes to those three-unit plays for sure. Um, all right, yeah, so that, that covers our kind of next N Y picks. Like I said, follow him at uh, Knicks N Y picks on Twitter. Uh, he is very, very steadily growing uh, as to into one of kind of the one of the hallmarks of baseball Twitter. I've seen him get a lot of engagement in his last few tweets, and obviously it's a perfect time considering uh, the run he's, he's got been player on. Players'
2: wives is giving him a hard time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I was gonna bring that up uh, to him if he he didn't have to go already. But yeah, he's uh, he's becoming already a lightning rod of controversy, which is something (laughs) I can't possibly. I can't personally say I can't. I don't think me and Chris have had have had. I don't really want to. I don't
0: really want to. Well, you know what's funny about this though? I wanted to bring it up and I wanted to tell Nicholas too because I was telling Full Tank Phil since I was with him this past week and I was telling him the story about this happening because Nick didn't really go public with it necessarily. And Phil, man, Phil was like, "That's my dream." He's like, "I want to go viral." He's like, could you imagine a NASCAR wife like calling me out, and I just get all the exposure from it? And I'm like, you know, that's a spin I never thought about. Yeah, I mean, if
1: you're gonna have a hater, you might as well just make it like the most high-profile hater of all time. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because we've we've had a fair share of, of tough comments uh, on Twitter, but hey, Nick takes the cake with with Carlos Renone's wife calling him out over uh, calling her husband a scrub. Um, but if you know Nick, if you know Nick, like he calls everybody a scrub. So like, <laughs> if you if he like loses a bet, like you're just dead to them for like at least three or four days. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was fucking content for sure. Um, but yeah, Chris, do you want, do you want to go ahead and go into the NASCAR preview or I've got a, I've got a couple of maybe improv PGA awards to give out. If, uh, if you want to go that direction.
0: Let's go PGA. Yeah. Let's do that. Right, okay.
2: before I, do that I got, I got a question for John real quick there. Yeah that that john's pretty public on being a bears fan but all i see in his background is this big old packers helmet so (laughs) i I gotta hear some sort of good story that that's signed by brett Favre or or something big to to be a bears fan repping repping packers gear in the background
3: yeah it is signed by brett Favre. so there you go wow! yeah yeah easy easy enough yeah so uh you got on the wall um that is emmett smith that's uh, Brad Farv up there, and then the jerseys aren't hung yet. But uh, don't worry, Sweetness. He'll be right here behind me once we get him hung. So uh, the Sweetness jersey. But uh, yeah. yeah, just at the moment is uh, is not hung. Yeah,
1: so we're, we're, yeah. We're and gonna... by the way,
3: on on PGA betting, uh, yeah. up 300 units, and uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Ian. So kudos to you, sir. Uh, unfortunately, for whatever reason uh my bet for Cantley didn't take so i didn't actually win on Cantley when you guys did i don't know what happened i had jt and everything and i thought i won and then i guess there was some like error where it didn't place or whatever else but that's okay because i did win kh lee impromptu shout out to eric on that one and uh yep (laughs) yep yep. and then i did win sam burns um on on one of them so uh but all in all um awesome uh probably gonna uh bought my unit size next year for for golf uh specifically um and uh and nascar i remember there was a free daytona 500 bet where you bet uh, 25 bucks and you get it back if they um or no matter what win or lose and wanted to hit something nice so i remember I, I reached out to chris and he said well justin haley he's got a huge you know track record there and everything and we had a bet on cindric I just had a much smaller bet on Hendrick. So I remember being happy that I had won, but really upset that I could have had $25 at like whatever he was at. I mean, it would have been ridiculous. So, yeah, I was kind of mad about that, but obviously yeah. overall really happy. Uh and happy that we were all on Tyler Reddick when he got his first
1: win. So, a couple of NASCAR highlights.
2: That was
1: Eric, that one. That was fun. Yeah. He was for America. I forgot about that. Yeah. Shout out to
2: Eric, man. He he
1: willed it to he wants the fucking victory. That was that was one of the best, I think, flag hunting moments of the year so far was was Redick getting his first win because that's something I really like about like kind of outright golf betting, outright NASCAR betting is like like for me like if if it comes to, like betting football or baseball or basketball, right? Like an individual game in the in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean a whole lot, you know, to like to these individual players. But like you can see like when Reddick won road America, like that meant something to him, like getting that first win for RCR, getting the first win in the Cup Series. Like when Will Zell-Torres wins in memphis and like gets his first bj tour win like that means something and like it, it shapes the trajectory of these guys careers and that's something that i uh certainly don't take for granted is like kind of being a co-pilot a little bit on on these guys journey to becoming the players that they they end up becoming so um yeah reddick winning there was awesome and then again shout out to eric i mean um john mentioned earlier but i mean reddick or um eric just casually mentioned Lee 50 to 1 like sunday morning of the uh, byron nelson he was like four or five shots back and i was like you know my budget's already spent. So I've uh, I've got Munoz up there in the in the tie for the lead or whatever. So I'm gonna gonna pass on that. But good luck. And then the entire day, I just saw Cage Lee's odds go from like 50 to 28 to 25 to 18 to to like 10 to five. And I'm like, well, if it's gonna happen, I'm happy for Eric. Um and yeah, Cage got it done, which is just insane. When I get when he gets hot, man, it's just it's he just fucking makes birdies like a motherfucker. So, um yeah, Cage Lee, uh, Eric's officially Eric's boy. Definitely your most profitable golfer, right, bud?
2: Yeah, oh by far, it's not even close. <laughs> at, at the top of the spectrum, you got K. H. Lee just cashing tickets all day long, and and at the bottom is Victor Hovland. So <laughs> just gonna keep putting that one out there. But yeah, I love K. H. Lee, uh, yeah. definitely profitable multiple times, and love seeing it. The T. P. C. Lee, as we call him.
1: T. P. C. Lee, that is the that's the homie uh, right there. So I know we catched a first round leader ticket for for uh, for a lot of people in Phoenix as well. So T. P. C. Scottsdale, T. P. C. Craig Ranch, doesn't matter. That K. H. Lee. Um, So yeah, let's let's kind of go into my little uh, improv segment here. It's the PGA Awards show. So, kind of with the uh, 22-22 season being over as of last weekend, um, they're obviously the two awards the PGA Tour gives out: the Player of the Year and the Rookie of the Year are pretty, I would say, unanimously already decided. The Player of the Year obviously going to be Scheffler. The Rookie Year is obviously going to be Cam Young. So I kind of have some, maybe four or five, uh, fun kind of awards to give out here. So we'll start with kind of Eric and John give their opinions on this. Uh, the most pleasant surprise for y'all this year. Uh, who kind of exceeded your expectations the most? Um, it could be a top player, it could be um, a mid-tier player that really grew in stature for y'all. But yeah, your most pleasant surprise maybe of the of the off- of the uh, 2022 season. And these nice. guys didn't get these beforehand, so you can uh, <laughs> yeah forgive them if it's if uh, you know it's gonna be a little more off the cuff than maybe you. Just-
2: don't don't mind me. I'm just scrolling through a list of PGA golfers and seeing who stands out yes Um, i would uh i think think tom hoagie stands out a little bit there i don't know how profitable he was but he's a guy that we never heard of and earlier the year we were tailing him a few times and i think he hit some big top tens and here he is making it all the way to the tour championship top 30 for a for a no game guy out there so i I like riding with hoagie for sure
1: yeah um
3: i would say max Homa probably for me um you know, he was a guy that hadn't really heard of a whole lot. Uh, he is a phenomenal follower on Twitter. I do know that. But um, then just kind of, you know, you had mentioned him a few times and you kind of watched him. be sort of this, like, always sort of silently right there, right? He's not necessarily breaking through for these massive victories all the time, but he's he's kind of, well, wow, here he is, top five, top ten. Um, yeah. So he would be mine. I think late season, I would say Scott Stallings literally had probably never heard of him. And then, like, the last I don't know, it felt like the last six or seven tournaments, this guy's not only on our car, but we're just watching him almost win, win, right? He's hanging up. We got a leaderboard with like a bunch of nobodies and then there's another one where it's like everybody and Scott's Stalling. So that would be probably I'd say two.
1: Yeah, almost rose just a bet at the uh the BNW there. Almost almost picked up our Cantley ticket. I mean, he was playing phenomenally well on the stretch. So it'll be interesting to see maybe how he plays uh over the fall season a lot of these guys that um you always see a lot of these guys that tend to build during the PGA Tour season. They get through the fall swing, and this is their kind of their chance of, of really breaking through and um, you know getting that first win or, or the first win for Stallings at least in a long time. Um, yeah, for me, I would say, I would say, I mean, Fitzy for me is one that was that was a really pleasant surprise. Just the 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 way he grew in the game. Obviously, he was a he was a prolific winner overseas in Europe, but obviously the U.S. Open win. But just kind of continually competing at these you know marquee events whether it be Eastlake whether it be the US Open um and just becoming one of the better players on the planet especially with the driver I mean he we showed it he showed it at Brookline just under pressure with a 54 hole co-lead um and just stepping up every single hole and seemed like putting himself in a good position for Birdie and then I was surprised John didn't bring up Tom Kim because uh he would definitely be you know maybe if uh, if we had an extra six months uh, or a few months of the season, he could have maybe give Cam Young a a uh, a real chase his rookie of the year. Uh, just given, man. We we were the three three of us, John, uh, me and Chris were were there to watch him at Wyndham, and uh, he put on a damn show, shooting a 62 there on Sunday, did not miss a fairway, seemingly ever. And uh, yeah, when he was putting like you did on that Sunday, it's uh it's pretty ridiculous. So yeah, Tom. I mean, you mentioned
3: and, yeah, you mentioned trying to chase bets and betting these people, and we were there, and I, I told you guys I was determined that we were gonna cash a winner. So I'm like. I'm on Tom Kim, like, I don't know, plus 150, and I'm just throwing everything on there, like, you know, baseball, NRFIs, like, random, you know, soccer bets that are going to hit. I think I ended up getting him to, like, 10 or 15 to 1, but with all the bets that I lost trying to get to that, it it certainly was a barely break even, but I just wanted to say we saw the winner in person. Don't care. Didn't
1: matter. Exactly. And, and yeah, the winning was a tough week for us for sure. I was glad we, we were able to rebound a little bit with a couple straight winners there. Cause uh, yeah, I was chasing a little bit, trying to get a, trying to get a winner in Greensboro, but uh yeah, Tom Kim, I didn't catch a ticket on him, but he'll forever be in my memory. Not only seeing him win the first time, but if Zaltoros happens to win the masters, we have a little like 130 to one ticket uh not, not to the public, but in the, in the private, uh in the private archives here for flag hunting, but all right. Yeah. So pleasant surprise, Translates, or um, we'll move on from Pleasant Surprise to maybe a bit of a, a down to the biggest disappointment. Oh, Chris, for you Chris, you yeah. got a, for
0: Pleasant Surprise. Yeah, no, no, I was just he was just skipping right over me, but it's all good. No, <laughs> no great. worries. <laughs> <all> right, <great. laughs> well, I, I'm gonna be kind of chalky, anyways. I was gonna go with like Scottie Scheffler and Kim Smith. Like, how can you not go with the two like? But we had that podcast at the very beginning of the year. Like, who's gonna be the top 12 players in the world, and we're, did we even talk about them? Like, I don't I don't know if we did, or if we did, they were at the bottom of the list. Um, and then that. to bring one up like John had, a guy that comes out of nowhere. I think the guy that actually won an event and then almost stole an event, Seb Straka. I mean, yeah. come on, like this guy came out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, those are my two. But I was gonna, I was gonna say Tom Kim too before you brought that up, and I was waiting for John to say it too. So.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Seb Straka, dude. He he roached our lower bet at the Honda and then almost beat Zalatoris. He w- he was this close to being my least favorite golfer of all time, but luckily Willie caught a couple of breaks here down the stretch. Um, but yeah, sorry, Chris. I I, I will uh I'll introduce you next time. I i was i guess too much focused on the guests here so far uh but yeah biggest disappointment for y'all kind of based on expectations um kind of your your anti uh most pleasant surprise here i've got i've got a few nominees if you guys want them um i'd say like colin rom vic Berger, bryson brooks those are probably the guys that would come to mind uh for me off the bat but if you guys have others um or want to expand on the guys i just listed,
0: by all means can we say can we all say it at the same time because i feel like it's gonna be the same person who's
2: that victor hovland right yeah, Hovland. Hovland I'll, I'll hammer uh, Matthew Wolf on that one. What what the heck oh, happened to that guy? That guy just was yeah. creeping up. This young stud. I took him way too early in this dynasty draft that we had, thinking he's the next breakout guy at 22, 23 years old. And then all of a sudden, he just completely forgot how to hit a golf ball, and, and is hitting yeah. plus sixes on the first day of every freaking tournament, and and losing me a lot of money there. So he stands out. And then and then Brooks, I would say too. Kapka's another fun personality fun guy to bet and just did absolutely nothing for us this yeah. year.
1: yeah yeah it, it's funny dude. every weekend i think eric like dm me and was like yo should i keep should i hold on to matthew wolf i was like yeah he's gonna find it eventually like don't worry when wolf like is good he's yeah. gonna be like in tournaments and then like he just continued to finish dead last um but yeah yeah wolfie that's that's one i didn't really yeah he's kind of escaped my memory just in general just it's crazy how his trajectories went from
2: uh, he's dead to me too so it's all good
1: yeah, well, he's on live tour now, so he's dead to everybody I think in the golf world. Um, but yeah, from a from a from winning his what second or third ever PGA Tour starts, uh, being basically irrelevant in like a couple of years, kind of a tough story. But at least he got paid, so that's all you can that's all you can hope for as a professional golfer. Go ahead, Johnny.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously Vic's a good call out. You know, we we definitely lost money on him. I think I really would uh, for me would have to be Colin um a little bit more than vic i just um with vic it was always like really low it was low units it was low risk it's like well maybe he's gonna find it so let me throw a unit right i felt like with colin it was a lot of these three four five six seven because you know he's got to get it i mean we've seen it he has it he has these these great irons these great wedges and then it's like it's just one round he's nine under and then the next day he's seven over and you're just like you know what is going on so i think for me just the regression from the high of highs to really the 2020. One the 2022 season he had was I mean it was really a disaster and then I think from a which is weird because it doesn't make sense for him but Tony Fina was like just the opposite of whatever we wanted like if we bet him he yeah. was horrible right and when we didn't bet him he was like the he was like tiger woods in the early 2000s it was ridiculous i mean it was like yeah. the most frustrating guy possible to pin down you know and then it's like he wins one and then all of a sudden he's like 12 to 1 you're like dude he's tony fina i'm not betting him at 12 to 1 like what are you doing and then he goes and wins again you're like oh what the fuck so yeah um i would say colin definitely was like had an absolute horrendous year but from a betting standpoint tony fina just we could not pin that guy down
1: yeah that's a really good call um I keep I keep having to remind these guys that like Victor Hovland like us a ticket in the fall, so I'm I'm personally plus money on Vic and Eric. I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry you had to endure the the Thursday at the U.S. Open. We were all obviously pulling for that ticket to come through, but um yeah, I mean I I I think Victor honestly yeah he didn't have a great like kind of three month stretch there, but he was the best ball shark on the planet for a good like four months there to start the 2022 season. So obviously had a wasn't the final group at St. Andrews there, so I mean he had enough flashes to where. I wouldn't really consider him the biggest disappointment yet. Yeah, for me, it's absolutely Colin. Like Colin, for me, just based on you know the, the podcast that Chris alluded to earlier to start kind of the new year at 2022, um, the fact that if you were a Rory or a JT or um, you know a Xander or Cantley or you know anybody, any one of these guys that was trying to climb the ranks to become one of the best players in the world, it seemed to me that it was Colin and at the very top um, that were the two guys that were going to be the guys to beat at every single big tournament and for them to only have one win between them, ROM won in Mexico, which was like, you know, I mean, I can't even name the second best player in that field. Maybe like Aaron wise or uh, I don't even know who else is there, but, uh but yeah, the fact that, you know, Colin, yeah, he just never really looked like the 2021 version of Colin that we uh, were able to cash so much on in that season. And yeah, I mean, he, he did show the good thing with Colin is he did show quite a bit, I'd say in the playoffs and, uh, the ball struck numbers seem to be back to the kind of the elite levels, but um, the putter is is just completely broken from from what I've seen uh, as of recently. So it'll be interesting to see kind of when we when we see him next. Maybe he can go to the Presidents' Cup, gain some confidence at a Hollow, and then carry that on from there. But uh, yeah, Colin, <clears throat> I would have bet a lot of money that he was going to win over half a tournament this year, and uh, obviously not only didn't win half didn't win a tournament, but really never felt like he was going to win a tournament. You know, he finished second a couple of times, but never. Uh, they always felt like kind of backdoor, um, you know, vanity second places more so than like a like an actual uh, shot of contention. So, yeah, more cow for me.
0: I echo everything John said. Yeah, I, I pretty much already said it. It's Vic for me. I mean, yeah. like you might you might be plus money on Vic. I am not plus money on Vic. What do you um, bet? Do what? You bet Victor every week? Not every week, but in the beginning of the season, I was betting him just about yeah uh i mean because yeah i mean like come on like we talked about like i know we keep referencing this but like coming into the year like we talked about you know colin Rom, and vic being like the top three guys like and two of those three are 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 not even relevant right now so like yeah okay i know that's a little harsh but you know you get the (laughs) point um they're outside the top three in the world for sure and then i mean i guess i guess i kind of also have to tack on with colin as well because and ian you're gonna tell me out the event names here but back in the fall was probably my worst break of all time where we had colin to win two straight events and he was going to become the world number one and committed to sunday he was up by what five six five. strokes yeah and it was gonna be my biggest payout ever probably still to this day and choked it all away so i don't know if that's a question coming up for you it might be but Colin, uh, Colin was, he hurt my pride a lot very early on because of that. Yeah, man,
1: that was, that was a tough
0: Sunday. I, I've, I've mentioned this on Twitter. That was probably the worst
1: Sunday I've ever had in golf betting. Uh, so, but this is not a downer podcast. So we're going to, we're <laughs> going gonna to move on from that, uh, unless y'all have something to add, but we'll, we'll go into your favorite win of the season. So either, either personally, like you're a fan of this guy and you know, you're happy he won this particular event or obviously we catch a ticket on him and this sticks out to you as far as like a, a big Hallmark win or something that you particularly enjoyed, the the coverage of the, the sweats uh going into this.
2: I I'll go with the obvious one of that that first big T P C Lee Lee hit that we had. I mean I technically it was last season, but that's yeah. when the, the chat was first getting strong and I don't know if that was a pod if we had the podcast yet or not. But that's right. one back when I was a little more naive with my bets of of hitting bigger that total is not knowing really having a strategy yet. And whenever Ian has those live ads, you, you got to jump on them right away. And we got KH Leo 150 to one and, you know, threw a couple dollars on it thinking that there's no way this is ever going to hit, but <laughs> you got to be in it to win it. And then sure enough, here he is going off and, and hitting that big winner. So I think yeah. for someone who's new into sports gambling and, and really at that point, just getting into the PGA and golf to, to had a huge, a huge winner from like that is is one I'll never forget and KH will always have a place in my heart. So
1: yeah. You saying. always remember it first. You always remember first. I mean the reason I mean I tell this I tell this to Chris all the time. Like the reason I'm like even in golf betting in general, like it's because Colin Morcal won the PJ championship at 35 to one. And that was like that was kind of the first few months I was into golf betting and I'd built my men crawl enough to where I was like it's the first major I'm ever going to bet. I'm going to increase my unit sizes. I'm going to bet this pretty big. And then to see Colin obviously win his first major and uh cash a big ticket for me, like that's that'll always hold a special place in my heart. And um, like I said, that's kinda one of the things about golf betting is like the wins do tend to stick out, I think, a bit more than like other sports just because and NASCAR as well, just because you can cash uh, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty to one routinely. Um, every single week guys are, are hitting at big numbers. So um yeah, it, it does it does. It, it's harder, obviously, to hit, and I think it's harder, obviously, to hit it outright in golf than maybe in another sport. But when you do hit, it, it carries a bit a bit of extra weight. So, yeah, Colin T. B. Lee, always going to be podcast favorites for sure.
3: Yeah, um, I would say, you know, so I keep I keep tracking the ones. Uh, so one twice on Cam, and then one twice with uh, with Burnsy. So those two yep. will always kind of have a place in my heart. But um, I think probably the very the very first one i mean you said right you always remember the first which would have been for me i wasn't in wasn't around yet when you had the live ad on uh, on lee so my first big one would have been cam smith and i had him at 45 to one because i parlayed him with the bruins and i remember it got delayed right so we we were we had we had monday golf and um so i'm literally i'm in a store and i'm and I'm doing this work i'm setting stuff up and i have like sitting next to me i'm I'm literally watching it all the time right and then it was like he was he was way up and i'm like oh my gosh should i catch out and then he right he like bogeys three or four in a row so he's back to even and you're like oh my god then i'm driving home and he's on the 17th and you're like what is he doing it's going in the water oh my god right and then so it's like that was really crazy. Um, so I would say that one is, from a from a pure uh, dollar standpoint, it was the biggest one I've had, um just because it was forty five to one, right? Um and then second would really be uh, would really be watching Willie gun it out and be able to win that. I mean, I've never been more nervous watching anything um you know i mean maybe the 2016 world series i would say probably um would probably be the o- only thing ahead of that but um it was ju- i mean it was just nuts right then he hits it in that person's yard next to the fence and you're like this is this is over right and then you know and then uh it was your step hits it like three feet to the hole when you're like yeah it's just oh it was crazy so i would say both of those yeah
2: i was screaming at the tv telling him not to hit it off of the the concrete wall right there next to the water whatever you want to call that and just told him to take the drop on that yeah, last okay. hole. And I was yeah. like freaking out. Like, why are you wasting so much time trying to think of this? Just take the free shot. And, yeah. and luckily he came to his senses and did. But I remember screaming at the TV, all worked up there. And then, John, speaking of cash outs, don't do it. So I, I didn't tell you guys yet, but I did have Rory nine to one pre tournament last weekend and then cashed out like Friday when he was like eight strokes back, not oh, looking what? into it. So I cashed out pennies on the dollars just to get a few units back, and then, well, here we are. He, he came back and won, and I, I missed out on that. So, as tempting as it is to cash out, don't freaking do it.
1: <laughs> I always, I always say you bet the guys for a reason, right? You, you have that inherent belief they're gonna get it done. So, like that's why I'm anti hedge most of the time. Like, if my guy's in the mix, like I trust, I don't, I wouldn't make the bet if I didn't trust that he was able to win the tournament. So, you know, sometimes yeah, it sucks whenever your guy comes up a shot short or losing the playoff and you could have hedged out, but more often than not, I'm, I'm okay. Just letting it ride and um allowing the chips to fall where they may. Cause over the course of the season, you know, if I keep getting guys in the mix, my motto is like water will water will find its level over the course of the season. And you know, we'll,
0: we'll have some heartbreak, but we'll have hopefully just as much uh, triumph as well. Christopher, for favorite win. Yeah. John's John's not going to like this one, but my favorite is Maddie Fitzpatrick, but I know John wasn't on with us for that yeah. one. Um, yeah i think that was my favorite just because i have been trying to convince you to bet manny Fitz for like a month before that and then all of a sudden you're like hey we're gonna bet a manny fitzpatrick 50 to 1 feature at the us open and i'm like yeah sure let's do it (laughs) and then he then he then he cashes yeah
1: yeah that was that was a sick sunday too that was such a sick Sunday. the worst part about that
3: is i had scotty scheffler and will Zalatoris and not fitzpatrick and like i remember i was at a durham bulls game and while i was finishing up and i'm literally like trying to refresh i'm trying to watch it and i had two of the three and the one guy i don't have i would have it was like 700 dollars on scotty it would have been like 800 bucks on Willie z and i'm like what the so yeah (laughs) so matt fitzpatrick sorry but he will be my victor hovland he will probably i don't know (laughs) if i'll ever be able to bet that guy so
1: yeah it's um Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. But I mean, like, like, like you said earlier, you had a couple without us and um, that's just how it goes. You know, sometimes, I mean, I, I I don't know. Did you bet Burns pre-tournament or did you find him live? Um,
3: I had bet him pre-tournament.
1: You bet him pre-tournament. Yeah. Yeah, When he beat Scotty in the fifth? Yeah. Yeah. That was a hell of a ride on Sunday for you then.
3: Uh, it was—it was nuts. I was at a buddy's house, and I'm like literally on my—you know—my ab. I'm like, oh my god, there's no way he's gonna make this. He's in the playoff, and then he sinks the putt, and I'm like, holy shit, oh. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Sixty-foot putt. He's like, no big deal. I got it. Yeah. He's
1: right in the <laughs> Yeah. What a sick human. What a <laughs> sick human. Yeah, Burns. I, I love Sammy. I mean, he's—he's—he obviously held that clutch putt for us all, as well as the, at the bounce bar against Davis Riley. So, uh, he has a knack for it, man. Forty feet, just in the playoff, just no problem. Just uh, let's go home. And uh, finally, maybe a bit of a softball here. Kind of, what tournament are you most excited to go back to next year? What tournament are you looking forward to on the upcoming PJ Tour schedule? You could say a major. You could say um, any kind of regular PJ Tour stop, or whatever you want. You can obviously uh, give maybe some early leans on a on a particular tournament. If you have gotten that far in the process, but um, yeah, I'll throw it out to y'all. Kind of what what's uh, caught your interest here? Um, as we, you know, we're two weeks away from the Fortnite Championship and the start of 2023.
2: Next year is a, a ride. Well, what's the, what's the USA versus England one, or Europe one? Is that the yeah. Ryder Cup or what is that? Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That's every other year, right? It is. It yeah, is. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that last year. Um, For sure. Kicking myself in the rear end since it was out here at Whistling Straits in, in Wisconsin <laughs> and I did not plan accordingly and go. So if we ever end up at Whistling Straits again, I'll, I'll definitely be there. Um but otherwise, yeah, catching that Ryder Cup next year will be will be a lot of fun, and I'll be curious to see how the teams shape out whether all these live guys are are still el- eligible to play or if it's all going to be newer faces out of the, the PGA Tour and, and seeing yeah. how it goes.
1: Yeah, really true, and uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm um, I mean, we, we have the Presidents Cup coming to Charlotte's here in about three weeks, and it's a little bit dicey whether I'm going to make it either. Going, uh, I'll, I'll be doing a little move down here in the next couple of weeks, so I'm I'm going to try to get up in Charlotte maybe and catch a day or two. But, yeah, um, the good news is, Eric, that North Carolina, I know at least, holds or is hosting two majors in 2024 and 2025. We have Pinehurst uh, for the U.S. Open 24, and we have Quail Hollow for the PGA in 25. So uh, if there's ever a time for a big group meetup, uh, mm-hmm. I know I will be there. I don't care what's happening. So even if it's just a two-man show, me and Eric can go out in the town in Charlotte and, uh, and catch up on some memories from our Miss Rider Cup.
2: There we go i'll
1: be there yeah. for sure brother for
3: sure yeah if uh, he is there i'm there <laughs> um we, i feel like an easy answer on this is obviously like you know one of the majors one of the big ones but um i really enjoyed the uh wgc whatever was the the match play the dell technology match play or whatever right that was a lot of fun um you know i had i had kevin kisner and uh <laughs> uh yep. he got smoked by scotty but it was fun watching him advance through everything that was a lot of fun i i learned a lot just about really how match play is totally different right i mean just changes how you approach the the tournament both from a betting standpoint but also as a golfer um it's not about the score it just got to be you so right if you chank one in the water great looks like i'm laying it up um but i really enjoyed that tournament and i think it it was fun because it's like every day uh, from a betting perspective, was awesome. I mean, that was the one I showed you. I had that parlay where I had, like, six or seven guys that all beat everybody. Um, so I really I really enjoyed that because you get all the big names that you would want, at least this year. We did. I know you don't always, but this year we had a lot of the big names there. Um, yeah. So that was kind of fun watching, like, people that don't normally play each other. You know, you're watching Kevin Kisner go toe-to-toe with Scotty Scheffler. I mean, that literally was never going to happen anywhere else. So
1: right.
3: um, I would say I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, bit of a theme between uh, Eric and John there. Big, big match play fans for the Ryder Cup and the uh, WG match play. Um, but yeah, that's always a lot of fun. I'm, I'm historically really bad at betting that thing. Um, I don't think I've ever had a guy like in the finals uh, in like three years of betting it. But yeah, I'm glad. You, I'm glad John obviously was able to get kissed her without me and then uh, you know ride him all the way to the finals. So yeah, it's, it's always a really fun tournament. Me and Chris do the bracket for that as well. So um, it's right next to March Madness, so it's kind of golf's answer to that. But. Uh, yeah, that's a good answer. I didn't really think about that one, but yeah, certainly that's that's one of the marquee events for us uh,
0: coming up. Chris, I'm leaning towards the uh the t- other than the Charlotte courses, obviously. So like we got the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow, and then we got uh, the Wyndham at Sedgeville, which was I think we'll be making that a yearly thing with John because that was a lot of fun. Um, cool. But other than those two, man, I think the two that stick out to me that I had a lot of fun with this year was TPC Scottsdale and TPC Sawgrass. Like the TPC courses, like those are two fun ones. The the Phoenix Open, the Players. And I haven't told you in this yet, but I had a conversation with Mark at Skybox. He lives in Ponte and he was saying, "Hey, Mark, your calendar off for uh, for March twenty uh, tw- or, or sorry, March. What's the? March ninth and twelfth? Yeah. Um, he's he might be playing a little voice trip. So uh, I think I have to look for. I think I have to look forward to that one just for that reason. Yeah, I'll be three hours down the road
1: down there in Fort Pierce. So I will uh, I will likely be down there too. I've got a couple of family members down in Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something I've got circled for sure. have I've. I've I, my answer was actually Phoenix as well. You know, that course is always so much fun. Obviously, we get a marquee field just right before the Super Bowl, so kind of if you have like if you're hosting a party, you're at a party, and you get there a little bit early, it's something that you can kind of introduce like more casual golf fans into as you're waiting on the Super Bowl to kick off. Because um, it's always seemed to be it always seems to be a crazy finish this year. We had Scheffler versus Cantley, Brooks kind of stormed Xander and Schaffler, uh in 2020, yeah 2020 um, or 2021, sorry. But yeah, it's always it's always a crazy finish. It's always a great field, uh, a lot of risk reward, a lot of water. So, uh, yeah, Phoenix is de- is definitely like one of my favorite tracks, which is, um, yeah, something for me that was Plus the was, yeah
3: the party that they have when they had the hole in one and people are, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. like Mardi Gras. I mean, it's like a college frat party going on. We got Harry Higgs taking his shirt off. We got people <laughs> running around. We got people ducking for cover. It's, um, I mean, you don't you don't see that at any events, right? I mean, I yeah. mean. The, when we went to uh we went to Greensboro I mean he ain't mm. cut the rope for a second you know he almost got us kicked out you know <laughs> versus some of these other guys are throwing beers and it's like yeah let's go so um that's definitely uh if you're a casual fan of golf and you only watch the majors definitely add that one that's a good one
1: yeah for sure brother for sure um I had something I wanted to say but I it slipped my mind so I'm about four beers deep in so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, and move it to move it to Chris here for his segment. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the PJ Tour wrapping up their season, NASCAR season in some ways it's just beginning with the Round of 16 coming up this Sunday, starting at Darlington Raceway uh, for the Cookout Southern 500. So I'll let Chris kind of uh, lead the ship here for the NASCAR segment. But yeah, I appreciate y'all talking about golf with me for a little bit, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun discussions.
0: Well yeah, we'll save the actual NASCAR for a separate show, but as far as the championship here, I want to hear who John and Eric have as kind of some some championship picks here. Um obviously we have our 16 drivers kind of locked in now. The pot the thing people everyone's been doing today on podcasts is like who's the four who's not gonna make the next round. Um Mm -hmm. so I'd be interested to hear like who you guys think aren't gonna advance. So our next three tracks are Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol. Uh, if you need a little refresher, fresh can i can pull up the screen here and show you uh, kind of what we're looking at but um, yeah let me just pull this up here here's the, oh, here we go here's a little nice grid for you
2: oh nice i don't know how t- hot takey am i yeah my my uh how hot takey it is but i think i'm going to fade track house here in the playoffs that i feel that and I mean, don't tell my fiance because she's a big mm-hmm. watermelon fan and loves Ross Chastain. But I, I feel with all of the rivalries that he's had and built in the last several months is going to come back to bite him once once the pressure is on and you need to perform. And I feel like he's someone who's really seemed to fade in the last couple of months here as he's tried to settle down and, and get his stuff right. And yep. then Daniel Suarez is also a loose cannon type guy who's going to go just like Briscoe all out to to either win it or wreck himself and end there so i think chastain can make it out of the 16 to the 12 but i don't have him going past that top 12 and suarez would be a fade for me here in the first round there that as much as i love pitbull i saw him in concert last week and, and love track house racing I, I think they're they're not quite ready to to battle with the big dogs of of hendrick gibbs and penske this year and there'll be a team to to watch to in, develop next year
1: yeah i think darlington's gonna be a big race for chastain because just going through like what i've seen from obviously kansas and we haven't raced on proper bristol yet but uh bristol dirt i mean i think darlington's really going to be the spot where chastain's got to accumulate a lot of points um just based on kind of his past performance at the other two tracks and so it'll be a real telltale sign if he's not able to run at the front with guys like larson and guys like hamlin and some of the other favorites here uh from this playoff kind of grid here darlington like it could be a long, um, kind of round for him and he could find himself falling out of the sands pretty quickly. Um, I guess the obvious answer would be Dylan, right? I mean that no one, no one thinks Austin Dylan's going to make it through. And then, um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let John kind of go through his, uh, his thoughts before I, I, uh, completely give away, uh, all the rest.
3: I mean, I, the thing is, I, I know it's a tight board so like, Obviously Chase is is kind of way up there right and everybody else is really compact. I think Logano was like twenty twenty-five points and, and Dylan was like two thousand and one or two or whatever. So I mean it's pretty close, but um, you know, kind of looking at the tracks, you know, I, I think Dylan and Bowman. Bowman just hasn't really shown anything at all the last I don't know. I mean, he's he's either wrecking out or uh finishing dead last, I felt like. So Dylan and Bowman to me are really easy that they're not gonna make it. Um if there was anybody, I say that sort of from like that, that middle of the pack that might not would be Harvick just because really before the, the two wins, he hadn't done a lot, but you know, I mean, the thing is, is you're talking about, he's probably got enough of a cushion and there's Kansas on the, on the, um uh, on the docket. Right. So he's probably making it. And so if I had to pick four, I really think I would just go chalk and, and pick the bottom four Um I might pick Suarez to advance over Briscoe, um, but I think, I mean, there's no way in my opinion that those bottom four guys are going to beat, I guess, sort of that next tier above them. Kyle Busch, uh, Christopher Bell, Redick, Blaney, those guys aren't, those guys are making it to to the next round, so I'd probably say the bottom four, just keep it chalk.
1: Yeah, for sure. Actually, now that I actually look at the playoff format, and I, I know Chris will probably have a lot to say about this open round as well, but I, d- I do want kind of want to give a shout out to our podcast poster boy, Tyler Reddick. I don't have a future on him yet. I have Hamlin and bell as my two picks to win the, uh, to win the cup, but just looking at the schedule, like Reddick's dangerous, man, because he should get through just based on his position in the points. Like he should get through the round one, just based on, unless he makes like a cash drop mistake at one of the two or three tracks, um, at the round of 16, but going through the round of 12, You've got Charlotte, which obviously he's been a stud on road courses. He's just as live as anybody else to win at a road course. And then in the round of eight, he has Homestead, Miami, which him and Larson will likely be the two favorites pretty much by far there. So I could, re- I don't know if like how live he'd be to like actually win over like to actually like beat guys like Chase and Hamlin and uh, maybe a Larson or something like that at like Phoenix to win the extra title. But it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see him in that final four just based on um you know he's he's very much a specialist i feel like and when he when you get to a track that reddick's good at like he's as
0: live as anybody uh in the field to win yeah no i I think me and you kind of talked about this off air but i have i have the feature on reddick already just because i i really do feel like if he can make it through this first round yeah he's he gets more dangerous every single round like the yeah. further you let tyler reddick stay around the more dangerous he gets Um, uh, and don't don't let you forget that and we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit but Darlington's biggest trap comp is auto club where he absolutely dominated before he got a flat. So, you okay. know, we could see Reddick come out and get a win this weekend and boost himself
2: right into the next round. You know, I think he, he essentially won at Bristol, too, even though it was technically on dirt and technically didn't win. But I mean, even then, if we go back to the concrete, I, I can see Reddick at least being competitive there and, and shooting for a top five that he, he dominated Bristol dirt.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it's a good point. Cause like if you bring up like our, I mean, I know it was an exhibition race, but the LA Coliseum, like again, another race that he was dominating before he broke the transaxle. So like, yep. yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to jump on. I I'm already on it personally, just cause I feel like I had to, like, I feel like it's, I had to for the brand. So, um, yeah. my favorites are obviously, so, and Ian knows this as well, but I am leaning JGR pretty heavily. So I have a Hamlin and I have a Bell future. Um, I just think two of the three in this round, I guess really only one in this round, and then pretty much all three are like JGR dominated tracks um in this schedule. So like the like kind of similar to Reddick, the further JGR makes it, the deadlier they become as well. Um you know, and let's not forget about Larson. Like, you know, don't let don't don't let Mart Larson get to homestead or Phoenix or it's game over. So uh but I guess to go back to the four that I think won't make it, obviously these bottom five are the chalky picks. I actually do kind of feel like Sendrick does stand a chance here. I think Sendrick and Bowman actually think they stand more of a chance than some of these other guys. And I think one guy to keep an eye on, man, the con- inconsistency of William Byron. Like, if they don't get their crap together, like John just said it, all these guys are closer in points than you think they are. But the inconsistency they've had, Byron could be... I mean, we saw it and we saw it last year, too. Like, Byron had to win... Um, Was it Talladega last year? I mean, he had to win a few races yeah. just to get in. Um, So... I know he looks high on right now, but Byron has been struggling, and he is another guy who's lost me a lot of money the last month. I want to get your thoughts on Penske, Chris. Um, obviously, I know
1: a lot of people going into last week were on Blaney because he was like 16 to 1 to win the championship. And um, just given yeah, the fact took- that. Was- yeah, go for it, bud. What'd you say?
2: I was just saying, I took that bet too. Right now, I mean, yeah. Blaney and Truex were the two championship bets I put in. And obviously Truex is out, but I, I did take that Blaney sixteen to one. Uh, and
0: you've right. already got value on it, basically, because he's I think he's like ten or twelve to one now. This is showing ten to one, but I don't know where these, they're getting these odds from. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I feel like Penske one of those teams where like it's been hard to pin them down because they've been very much as like a roller coaster. Like. Yeah. But if there's one guy that I really like in the Penske camp, it's Joey Lagano. Like Joey just feels like he's starting to hit his stride a little bit. And he's probably got one of the smartest crew chiefs of anybody out there. And his crew chief is constantly, like, willing to risk it to get him to, into better positions. Yeah. Um, so I think Joey is someone to very much, you know, keep your eye on. I, even more than Blaney. Like I, it says something when you you had to sneak in without him getting a win. I mean, he could get hot, but he's been consistent. But consistency is only going to get you so far when it comes to the chase here at the end.
1: Yeah, he's been consistent, but it's not like he's been consistent like top five. He's been like the yeah. like ninth to like fourteenth for a lot of the year. I feel like at least like Con- we'll, the yeah. latter half.
0: Consistency you know, so. will get you will get you to the round of eight, but it's not going to get you past that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it seems like for me. I mean, good on air for getting him at sixteen to one, but he's plus eight fifty from what I'm seeing right now on our on our main sports book, and that's an absolute stay away. There's no, there's no way I would bet him at eight and a half to one. Um, I guess we we should probably talk about the the favorite to win the chase chase elliott chris i mean would there be a price where you would be in on chase or are you just kind of fading chase based on the lack of speed we've seen recently um kind of like i mean credit him he's gotten the best out of his car he could possibly could he i mean he leads the points by what 20 points right now um at least in the playoffs so is there a point at which like, is there a number at which you feel like you would be in on Chase, or are you just completely full fade uh, in these next kind of
0: few months? I saw John break up for this conversation, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to bet a future that's going to be tied up in your book for three months when it's only yeah. plus two fifty. Like, sorry, John, I hate to break you, but like money aside, bets aside, like Chase is very much like I think the price the price is kind of warranted. Maybe maybe a little too short, but I think he should be one of the favorites. Um, he's he's not he doesn't really have a weakness anywhere anymore. He's he's really good at super speedways, he's really good at short tracks, he's the king at road courses. Um, you know, these high speed intermediate tracks, he's been right there every single week. So like yeah, I know I just say like, consistency doesn't get you anywhere blaney, but in Chase's case, he's actually winning some of the ones that he's been consistent at. So there's a difference there. And and Chase, you know, hasn't shown his pick crew has been solid. He's got another really smart crew chief in Alan, Alan Gustafson. Um, you know, you can tell that Chase is the leader of the clubhouse right now, the way that he was blessing out Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's there on his side. Chevy's on his side. I think that they feel like he's he is the top dog right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I there's no way he doesn't make the championship four for me.
1: Yeah, that's that was my point. Was like if if you're if you're treating this like a like a fluid market and you're buying and selling shares of these guys, like Elliott by far has the best chance to make it at Phoenix. And in which case you're gonna be betting it at, at what plus one seventy five, plus two hundred. So if you can get anywhere near three to one on that guy now, I mean obviously things can you know, things can change as the playoffs go on, but he's by far like your safest lock to make that final four and he's already won at
0: Phoenix uh, well, I, know, and I know John's about to say something, so I don't want to cut him off, but I saw yeah. something on somebody on Twitter say this, and I just, I think I kind of agree with the sentiment. Why would you bet Chase now at plus 270 to win the championship when you can just wait till we actually get to Phoenix and probably get him at plus 800? Plus what? Plus 180? No, like just to win the race, not to win the championship. You're going to get him at better odds to win the race than you will be to win the championship. Because there's going to be – there will be well, – okay, plus 600. Either way, like – to win the race, odds are going to be better than the championship future is going to be. Really, I feel like they would price. I feel
1: like they would price that into because when's the last time a non-championship Ford driver won in Phoenix or won the
0: final race? I don't know. It might be shorter than we think it is, but still, I don't. I don't think it's going to be plus. It's not going to be the similar to the. One. It's not going to be so much different than the championship odd future. Put it that way.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I get that. Sorry, John. Go ahead.
3: All I was going to say is that uh, he knows what it takes to win. I mean, he won two years ago, so I think that that's a huge factor. Um, He's been the most consistent in Hendrick, and it's really not been close. I mean, Byron and Bowman have just been all over the place. Larson has kind of had these ebbs and flows, right? I mean, Larson doesn't necessarily wreck him two weeks ago, but you know, they said all the right things afterwards, certainly. so um, but I mean, even then, Larson knew if I don't get past him now, I'm not beating him. So um, I think that uh, I think he's gonna certainly be tough to beat. but um, I do think you, you guys mentioned reddick I think there's some stuff there. I really think you know, I feel like with Kyle Bush, they've just shot themselves in the foot so many times this year as we've you know, we've seen a lot of pit road penalties. We've seen a lot of bad pit stops. It seems like every single wreck has been involved. He's somehow been involved in. I mean, every single one of them. Um, if they can get a few lucky breaks, uh, obviously he might be the best wheelman out of all of them. Uh, so I think that there's uh, a little bit of a, a sneaky thing uh, there. I, I, I think Chris lean of JGR makes a lot of sense. Uh, he doesn't really, you know, Kyle have a weakness either. He can he can win a road course. He can win a short track he can win a super speedway but um you know I think uh with Chase I think I was reading his like average finish this year is 10 flat or like under 10 at all courses I mean it's like he's only won four but he's been second like what four five six times something like that top three top five almost every week so it's gonna be tough to dethrone but a plus 270 you know I mean you're gonna have to get maybe a couple of Parlays involved then you're tying up money like you said i mean you'd probably rather bet uh you, know, you could bet larson at what is that 600 you could bet uh kyle bush at 10 to 1 i mean you can bet three or four guys for the same price of chase might you might probably strike lightning so yeah even though even if he wins it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it's the most financially prudent thing to do
1: yeah yeah, you know, you know, you're broken as a gambler when you look at 275, you're like, nah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, nah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Let me take the guy at 16 to one, 18 to one, and I have, Chris, yeah. I also I have double dipped on Bell because he's 18 to one now to win the to win the chase, so i have i have double dipped on that. So I'm team 20 all the way in these next couple wins. So you're you're gonna have to contest with me just making cases for just baseless cases for my guy
0: just because well. I. Well, I mean, I know we'll be talking about it here in a second, but we'll get a little sneak preview that Bell's Bell may or may not be on the card for this week. So uh, it's a it's a good start. Good Where
2: were you at on Hamlin? Did you say you had a bet on Hamlin? Because I feel like he's a he's a good bet for the championship. That if he can have his his pit crew keeping their shit together and not making stupid mistakes on pit road, and he can have full strength of his his crew chief and team, I feel like Hamlin is an obvious pick that he could make a serious run as a guy who can compete anywhere and has just had a lot of bad luck all year long, but uh, still yeah. very competitive and has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, if he's out there, you know, I can't wait to see him call Alex Bowman a, a hack again or, or come, come up with a different different term or a different rivalry with someone else over, over a second place finish that he didn't agree with or something this year that he, he's been fun to watch. Not that I really like him, but, I mean that that plus 700, plus 800, whatever you can get them at, I think is a interesting bet if you want something longer than a a Chase Elliott.
0: Yeah, you hit it right on. There's only I'm on three guys currently. No, four. I'm on four guys. Um, because I'm on um Hamlin's my biggest bet at plus 800. And actually, I think I got a 900. Actually, I think I found them at. And then I'm on Bell at 16. And then I'm on Reddick at 16, and I'm on Blaney at 16. So I've got like kind of one guy on top and three guys below. So I really, I really wanted to bet Harvick though. I know John was just fading him, but Harvick, Harvick feels kind of under the radar dangerous right now. But you hit the nail on the head with Denny. Denny is like, he feels like he's fast every week. and The only thing that's shooting him in the foot is either his pit road, wo- his own pit road was, or his team pit road was. So like, if they can figure that out, Denny is. Uh, then he's definitely a force for the championship i did hear on the on another podcast today that they were like denny's it's always denny's year every year until it's not so we're just kind of echoing what other how people are saying
2: <laughs> do you think that past champions have any edge in the strategy wise it being in the chase and knowing how to how to manage that and have an advantage that you look at other sports with the you know, your Yankees winning 26 World Series, and you look at the Lakers and the Celtics, and I mean, even recently with the Patriots, and there's other teams out there where if you just get them to the playoffs, you know that they're going to perform well and and have that edge. Do you think that that plays a factor in NASCAR and, you know, gives an advantage to someone like Joey Logano or, you know, Chase and Larson and, and other guys at the top there?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think experience never hurts, right? Like, being there and knowing how to get to the end and how to get to that, how to get to Phoenix, how to get to that final race is, I think, says everything. And and talk about, like, what Chase had to, en- had to endure last year, where, like, he was at the Roval with his fender, like, hanging off. And, like, everyone just thought he was done for. And he had to find a way to, like, just manage his car just to get through that race, just to make it to the next round. Like, oh, yeah, all these guys that have been here before definitely have an advantage. Like, I don't see, I don't see why... Like, I don't think it was going to be a surprise in the top four, put it that way. like it's, it, The only surprise, I think, could be Seabell. But even then, it's not really a surprise because he's, he's top equipment. Like, he's won an extended championship. He's won a truck championship. So, like. No, nope,
3: actually... don't give that to Ian. Don't give that to <laughs> Ian. He's not making it. We're <laughs> sorry, Ian. It's fine. It's a sunk cost. I don't I, I don't know the the making it before. I definitely think is a factor. I think the one thing with chases is exactly what we saw with Danny a couple years ago. And then Kyle Larson last year when they just have such a large lead, they don't have to worry about anything. Right. I mean, all these other guys, you know, your Austin Dilling, your Alex Bowman, um, your Sindric, You literally are going to have to win a race more than likely to make it to the next round. Right. Or hope that you get lucky. Chase just has to go out there and race you know I mean from a pitch strategy perspective oh no we went a lot down who cares right I mean you know you get wrecked out the NF we didn't have a great finish we're still making the next round so I think that there's a lot of things like even though he's supposed to 70 I just feel like it's not a very pressure-packed you know per like you Know Danny Hamlin always has crazy pressure, it's because, like you said, it's always Danny's year until you know until it isn't, and it's like every single year, even when he goes and wins eight races in a year, he doesn't go and win. The last you know, a couple years, we've seen that, uh, or we saw the dominant driver Larson actually come and win it last year, but um, yeah, I just I think that that sort of ability to have the big of a lead is just going to really work wonders for him. So, if you get somebody with a win early, right, you mentioned Harvard, like if Harvard, Harvard goes out and just wins a race early, that's going to completely change the trajectory of the whole playoffs around. Same with Bell, or, right, if we have, if somehow, like, Austin Dillon wins and the whole world ends, right, it just changes, I mean, it just, that winning that thing just changes a lot, so, even being there before.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the thing with Chase is, like, the thing, the scanning about Chase is, he's the clear favorite to win the championship, and we probably haven't seen the best of Chase Elliott yet, you know what I mean, like, as far as, like, the performance that he has mm-hmm. week in, speed that he has week in, week out, like, he doesn't come. It's not like Chase Elliott is coming up the haul with the fastest car every single week. He's just his him and his team are executing at like an elite level at a championship level every single week. So God forbid we see the nine car load as the fastest car in practice on like on Saturday. And we're like, oh, shit, like this is uh, this could just be a whitewash.
3: Yeah. What? And it's been.
0: Oh, go ahead.
3: So I was going to say real quick, he's been like. The past couple of years, even when he won the championship, it was well he can't win at a oval, right? And he doesn't win at the Super Speedway. And now he's doing those things. I mean, all Super Speedways this year, he's been up front every time, right? Until he got wrecked, um, uh, Monday, whatever it was, and uh, they had to postpone it Sunday morning. Until they had, until he got wrecked, he was up there right in the front, right, confusing everybody because him and Reddick had the same car, so everybody was confused. But um yeah, so I mean, there just there isn't a lot of weakness there. So honestly, somebody's going to need to probably get lucky. But you know, if you get to Phoenix, you know, uh, anything can happen, really. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so two points off of what John just said. So I guess the first one being, if if I did a buy or sell with you guys before the season, and I was like, hey, Chase Elliott's going to be the regular season standing, but he's not going to win a road course. You guys all have been like, sell that. Like, there's no way. And here we are um but then you know to your point about just being in phoenix the last four like just look at last year's phoenix race like there was a point in every single stage of that race where i thought a different champion was going to win like every single four legitimately had a chance to win that race and if we don't mm-hmm. have a late like, caution martin truex jr is our champion last year like he was legitimately running away with that race so mm-hmm. yeah i guess we're kind of reiterating that like all you got to do is get to that top four and it's anybody's game
2: yeah there's a lot of hot takes beginning of the year i wish i would have been in on Larson's under for his win total i think he had some crazy like six Six and a half seven and a half like something big and as dominant as he was last year i mean we've seen it every year that the sport changes so much that harvick won eight races nine races in one year and then the next year he goes couldn't win a race and i feel like the most dominant driver every year can never seem to repeat it the following year so going back one of my bigger regrets is not not hammering that because I knew as soon as I heard it that I he was going to hit the under and, and not go there. So
1: yeah, not just not hit yeah like and it's kind of the same with Colin a little bit too It's like not just not not only did Colin the Kyle Larson under underachieve but like it's not like he was it's not like he had caught bad breaks and lost like he was like finishing ninth and eighth and like, like he was he was a shadow of what he was last year. So um, yeah, like I said, not not just it's not like that he didn't even come close to last year, but not not just in terms of finishes, but in terms of his speed and his performance with his team. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see because I, I know a lot of people are bullish on him this week, so maybe the playoff setup can work in his favor just based on the tracks we're going to. Um, obviously, a winner, a lot of them going uh, coming from last year, but yeah, I, I would say, um, Chris, I, I do want to get your opinion maybe on one thing because obviously we've been talking a lot about the round of sixteen, round of twelve, round of eight, but. If you're placed in a championship future, it's all moot unless you win the final race um, or at least beat the other three championship contenders in the final race. So is there a guy that is really uh, that has a really like big red flag for you at Phoenix? Is there a guy that like you like, but you just don't like the fit at the last race? Or do you think if you're a main contender, you think they're pretty live if they do uh, find their way to the final four?
0: Yeah, uh that's a good question. I'll probably have to look a little bit more into that. My my yeah. first my first initial thought is I don't feel like they're good tracks for Penske. I could be making this up. Yeah. Um but it does feel like your Phoenix Homesteads you know that sort of track is more of your is more of like Chevy JGR um mm-hmm. not very Ford unless you're Kevin Harvick. Um not very Ford dominated. So without really looking into any research at all, I think I think those would be the only people that I'd be worried about, but yeah. Now I'm sitting now I'm sitting here thinking about it because Logano won at Homestead, so maybe I'm not maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Um, did Le-
1: Phoenix or did he win at Homestead?
0: I think he won Homestead. I am not mistaken.
1: I think you're right because I, right. I think we've only had two championships so far, at Phoenix, and it was it was both the Hendrick cars.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly an NASCAR historian, so don't trust me. I'm pretty sure it was Homestead, so I might have just like completely just fudged my point, but. Um, Either way, I guess my point is, I guess maybe there's not somebody that I would, there's not, nobody that I consider I'd be fading at Phoenix, yep. but I'd have to look at the next gen. I mean, obviously the next gen is a whole new element. So like, we have to look at how these people, how these guys performed this year at those tracks, because you can't really use last year as, as too much of a metric. It's, it's kind of been blown up as we've seen. So,
4: yeah.
1: All right. So maybe we'll go round table, just one pick to win the championship. For those of y'all that don't have a bet in on the, uh, NASCAR cup series championship, just, uh. Boys, if you want to just fire from the hip and give your pick to win, uh, odds are relevant. Just, uh, just fire away and see who gets yeah. one right.
2: As much as I don't like it, as we were talking, I did just place a, a bet on Denny Hamlin. I feel like Chris's confidence in JGR and just the storyline that would be is one that I, I've talked myself into or, or listened to myself into and, and just hammered that one. So uh, don't, don't love it, but we're we're here to to win some money and i feel like there's decent odds there at eight to one
4: yeah so um, we can't, I love,
0: we can't, yeah go ahead as i said i mean i don't love that i made you bet on a guy that you don't love but i love that you're following me because i'm on him <laughs> and i don't love him either so <laughs> oh. yeah so we can't get you on Seabell, huh
3: yeah ian's pick will be c um I am actually not going to go Chase Elliott. I would, for a value perspective, I'll take Kyle Larson. Same yeah. team, uh, just did it last year, and we all know if he just gets it together, uh, potentially the best driver, right? I mean, we saw him win a million times last year. So yeah. um, I think, again, I mean, you know, he's he's had engine trouble and, like, all kinds of really random stuff, too. Uh, yeah. So for me, I think... I think he could – if anybody could beat Chase, certainly his own teammate. So I may as well get double the odds. Um, I just can't bet 270 for a few – I would bet 270 if it's, like, to win a singular race. That's okay, right? The odds suck, but, like, whatever, it's over in three hours. But to tie it up, like you said, for three months, I just can't do it. Um, And I think Kyle Larson has a decent chance of of beating him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you think uh, there's actual animosity between Larson and Elliott based on Auto Club and Watkins Glen this year? Do you think like that'll actually play a factor?
0: No, because Hendrick and Chevy won't let it be a factor. Like they can, they can, they can dislike each other behind closed doors all they want, but like if anyone's gonna smash it, like Hendrick and Jeff Gordon are gonna smash that now, and they're gonna say so you guys are gonna put this shit to bed. Like we are a team, and you're gonna, you're gonna get along. And I, don't, I really don't think it's – I don't think they actually hate each other. I think it's a battle of who is 1A. Who is 1A for this camp? Last right. year it was Larson – or it pretty much what Chase, Larson, Chase. And I right. think Chase feels like he is 1A right now, and he got shoved out of the way at a track that he should have won. And yeah. that's he was, he was just pissed about it. I don't think they really hate each other. It's just a battle of trying to be the best guy in, in the same camp.
1: I kind of want Bowman to win. The, everything. I I want to dominate now. Just just to see the content on Twitter when Bowman just like sweeps the playoffs. <laughs>
0: that would be uh that would be something. I guess I guess for me, uh, other than Hamlin and other than Seabell, um, I have to be on brand and say Tyler Reddick, right? Like, I just feel like like I said, like the the further along he goes, the more dangerous he becomes. Same with JGR. Like, what what is reddick really have as a weakness right now other than being super inconsistent but like the inconsistency isn't a knack of not having speed it's just running into dumb mistake or like dumb not even dumb mistakes but like dumb luck i guess is the better way i'm looking for here um so and what a way to like leave rcr but like win a champion with them that would be that would be kind of hysterical i think it'd be kind of it'd be quite comical and i think we've lost ian so it might be time to uh, to close this out anyways. Um, boys, any uh, any closing thoughts?
2: Um, I mean, are we going to get guess... to design our own cars?
0: Oh, I mean, hey, we can. We certainly can.
2: I mean, whatever John's got, though, what were you going to say?
0: Well, I actually,
3: I had thought about that, about what that would be, but so, because I know you had done that. Um, I was just going to say, uh, real quick sometimes you ask people how they got into gambling right like sports gambling
4: yeah
3: and uh so when I was like 18 years old uh senior in high school my English teacher was doing a um like a, a pool where you got to pick every college team and then you had to pick the spreads you picked there was like all of them you picked 10 and whoever had the most wins right so he eight and two and I don't want whatever he was horrible at it he was he was sucking so I went up and I asked if I could help and he did really awesome two weeks in a row, like 9-1, and 0 and then he made me stop because he was winning and knew that they would know it was not real. Um, and so then I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, gambling is easy. So I literally got, like, a uh, a, a gift card from Walmart and opened a Bet US account and, like, tried to bet on random stuff. So I think I bet on, like, Notre Dame basketball stuff. I mean, I didn't know anything, right, but that was literally, like – 16 years ago and then I had a long hiatus of no betting so um I was hooked at that like way 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 back when but there you go
0: I think I know I think I know Eric's answer to this because I think he I think we all jumped jumped in like the same time for from betting right
2: yeah I, I did I did know sports actual betting or gambling until we all jumped in together and died during, in COVID. The, um, during COVID there that before that I mean, I bet on fantasy football and had dues into leagues and won money through that. But for actual actual sports gambling, sports books, yeah. yeah. When we all dived in in COVID together, that was when I started. And it's been fun ever since.
0: Absolutely.
2: Now I'm up to three books now that I figured out that Illinois, it's legal. So now here I am. I got our main offshore one that we, that we use, but... Now, since I, I work in Illinois and spend a lot of time in Illinois, I've, I've dived into to Bet Rivers and Fanduel, and it's been nice to to shop odds a little bit and continue to look at the the free bets and the all the no risk bets and parlay bet. Like it's 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 a problem. So.
0: No, yeah. Uh, after being in PA for the whole weekend, like uh, it would be very detrimental to my bank account to have legal legal betting. <laughs> It was it, it was it was uh it was it,
3: it, so it's, fun it's, yeah, it's a lot man when i go to virginia and you got like four books and you're shopping lines and you're getting but anything too is so for you guys because you're all brand new when you're new they give you everything they're like yeah here's all kinds of crazy free stuff right and then you get to me and then like i took a couple weeks off and then they finally sent me an offer today like here we'll match all the money you put in because it just been a long time but when it becomes legal in North Carolina, you guys are gonna have like it's it's crazy the the amount of stuff they get. They do literally like ones where it's like if the bucket, or it'll be like if the Panthers score one point, you win. Yeah. Right. So you put like fifty bucks on them, and then you win. So it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, like in NPA as a as a first time user to Barstool sport, Sports Sportsbook, I got a free NASCAR. There's a NASCAR risk free bet. I could place it on anything I wanted. Up to like thirty dollars, and I could it could be as short as minus two hundred, and it's risk free. So if you didn't hit it, they gave your money back. So I bet, of course, like a Ryan Blaney top five, thinking like, oh, this is a freaking lock, right? Ryan Blaney top five. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, I got my money back on that one. It is, it just, it's the flows. All right, Ian. So while you're gone, uh, Eric, Eric, uh, <laughs> he he mentioned that he wanted to build his own car. So that's where we're going with this next. He wants he wants his own car segment. So. Oh uh, yeah. Eric, do you want me to run you through the normal the normal questions, or do you just already have a car in mind?
2: No, 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 run me through them, cause I I mean I I somewhat have a car in mind, but I don't remember all the questions, and just want to want to stay on brand with with the process rather than just shooting straight to the answer. So we'll see right. if i can get
0: it. Fair enough. Let me do a little copy paste here and delete the last person's answers. All right, so we'll start it off from the top. Then we have a uh, favorite color.
2: Favorite color. I'm gonna go the I'm going to go like a powder blue, like the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, there, uh, I, I can't go wrong. I mean, I'm a bandwagon Chargers fan with the Bears being so god-awful that <laughs> I, I'm certainly rooting for them. I've always been a big fan since the – actually, I think Damian Tomlinson, the year he went, 21 touchdowns was my my first year in fantasy football. And and ever since then, I've been a fan of them. And, and those powder blue unis are gorgeous.
0: Okay, love that. What about favorite favorite or lucky number?
2: That that's where I'm going. Lt there, and I'll, I'll take 21. That a lot of my my social media handles either end with a 21 for Lt or a 23 for Michael Jordan as my common um, trend there. So so give me a 21 car. Okay. What about best Christmas gift you've ever received? So my favorite Christmas gifts are any are any sports game tickets or concerts or anything. So if you, you had the Ticketmaster, I think is a blue background. So if you put that Ticketmaster logo against the the blue car, I think that would look pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, he definitely That's, already had this in mind. See that? Okay. I'm to get yeah. it out.
1: Yeah. He's actually gonna show us like a um, just a drawing, like a, like an amateur
0: going Yeah, drawing. yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna go. Th- yeah, we're gonna go through the whole thing, and he's just gonna pull the diecast out. I'm like, oh, I've already got it. Yeah, I've already
2: <laughs> I've already talked to your guy on Twitter there who designs them <laughs> and find this out. <laughs>
0: all right so are you tough analytical or free-spirited
2: i mean i like to say i'm analytic analytical but when it comes to all these numbers um and data metrics that you guys all study i, I got no clue what's going on so i will go i'll go tough so, give me okay. give me a forward that's
0: good we have a lot of analytical on this podcast so yeah
2: we do <laughs> we, we got to change it up i'll, I'll go tough I don't yeah. even think
0: we've gotten a free-spirited yet. We've had no oh. Toyotas, I don't think. We might have one coming. John just raised his hand. All right, so the last one is given a large sum of money, but you can only – you're given a large sum of money, but you can per, only purchase it – oh, my God, I can't talk – only use it to purchase something online. What would you buy?
2: That one, that one I forgot was a question. <clears throat> ah. Okay, so a so large sum of money – I mean, I would totally want to try and buy season tickets to to a Cubs or Brewers or anything. So I mean, you go right back to to a Ticketmaster or wherever online. So, um, give me give me Welch's fruit snacks, dude. Give me. <laughs> I eat a lot of fruit snacks. Like Katie, Katie thinks I'm a toddler because I spend way too much money on fruit snacks. And if I can just buy a lifetime supply, then then I'm gonna be set. Like it's those little things in life that my lunch. Every single day I got fruit snacks, I got applesauce cups. Like it's ridiculous that how that. So yeah, give me give me a nice Welsh's fruit snacks. Because they are the best brand and there's no uh, debate. Yeah,
1: no, I'm I'm hundred percent with Eric on this. I'm actually gonna tell a story because me and Chris went to Appalachian State, represent goneers uh for college, and so my freshman year was the only year I had the meal plan and in our library we had a vending machine of food and they had Welch's fruit snacks for like a dollar each. Uh, nah. just like a pack, maybe like, I don't know, about this big. And I probably just spent like a quarter of my meal plan just on those fucking things. Just every time I went to the library, I would just like keep swiping, have like four packs, go to the computer, and just knock out an assignment. But yeah, yeah.
2: those guys from college. I go to Sam's Club or Costco or whatever, you buy the box and 90 of them. And yeah, I finished that within a month or something. It's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not exactly the most satiating food of all time. I could eat like, I mean, I think anyone could eat like 50 bags of those things and like not even blink. All right, but. so what...
0: I guess the last one to kind of give me a little inspiration for this is like, what is your actual favorite paint scheme, like current or old? Like, what is this like a paint scheme that's just like, if you were to buy, I guess, a, die, a real die cast, what would you buy?
2: Yeah, I mean, going back as a kid, being a Jeff Gordon fan, I, I still like the, those flames, that, that iconic blue with with the red flames coming up. I know, or even the rainbow one that I know William Byron copied for one of those Darlington races. Yeah, uh, there, but definitely the flames. And since we're going powder blue, if you could turn those flames into lightning bolts and and turn it into a little Chargers theme, okay. Uh,
1: oh, okay. Shout out,
2: shout out Justin Herbert and and company. Right? But,
1: so, uh, I guess that means Justin Herbert's off the trade block in dynasty football, then, hey? Yeah,
2: yeah, you ain't getting them.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh,
2: nice I'll shot. move on to
1: the next one because <laughs> I'm sitting with Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield right now. It's not looking great for my QB room.
2: I, mean, I, I got Jalen Hurts right there, ready for you. Or, or the new goat, Davis Mills, is is right there, ready for you to come take. So, come get him.
1: Yeah. If you do, you value them about the same, because I'll I'll take Hurts just even up. because you guys you have so many good quarterbacks. We'll
2: we'll, we'll, we'll talk later. We'll we'll find a deal. <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't even need to go into my dynasty football team, because I just drool over that all day every day. <laughs> That even my rookie picks. I mean, you look at Zamir White and other, all these other guys are already looking good. But that—that's a whole nother conversation for another podcast. Yeah, who's got Rashad, kind of Rashad White?
1: If anyone has Rashad White, I, I'm willing to pay some uh, significant capital to get him on my team. But not, yeah, not on this call. Yeah, like Derek <laughs> <Eric> said, losing—losing <laughs> losing track of the topic here.
0: <laughs> all right, John, let's 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 hit it. Favorite color for you?
3: um well my actual favorite color is red but i don't know on a NASCAR card it not great but let's go red it's it's the real answer
0: all right favorite or lucky number uh 13 best christmas gift you've ever received
3: um hold on that would be this thing right here that's what i was digging out hoping you were gonna ask, ask that hold on right here we got
0: that right
1: there oh wow <laughs> little, okay. little little, rhyme
0: no. the little rhyming back ma- ma- yeah mama mentality yeah.
1: yeah snakes getting red would look
3: it. so that would be that would be the answer
0: that's a good one for sure all right uh tough analytical or free-spirited i think we have a we have a little foreshadowing for this one
3: yeah i think i would actually be free-spirited i mean there's a little bit of all of it, but, like, I'm a super, like, casual, laid-back, go-with-the-flow kind of guy, so.
0: All right, and then the last one is, if you're given a large sum of money, but you can only use it to purchase something online, what are you buying?
3: Um. Okay, so if my wife was involved, it would end up being, like, you know, stuff that we would need, house stuff, whatever um but i would definitely say i would buy a ton of uh, uh like sports stuff off ebay i'd be like every card i've ever wanted every jersey i've ever wanted every helmet um all of it right there ebay would be
0: my like they would know me yeah yeah so my you're on
2: ad- ebay, ad- eBay ad- then or christine auction
0: I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, like, for, like a sports memorabilia, memorabilia website. Yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got like the Upper Deck stuff. You got Pristine Auction. You know, maybe I'll buy one of those $12.6 million Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle, whatever card that was that just sold. Yeah, something like that.
1: Or yeah. what's
2: worth,
1: Wagner. Chris? My answer would be if I had launched some money, I could only spend it on one thing. I'd put it in my Boba account.
2: i honestly thought the same thing as an answer of can i just throw it into into one of these betting accounts but at the same time i would rather take something tangible that i could keep rather than just lose all my money gambling and exactly yeah there but i i did have the same thought if we're being honest
1: that's why that's why we work
0: degenerates or uh or working playing ourselves for like a bovada like sponsorship here i don't know if they give us sponsors I if know. they're
2: calling, I mean we're listening. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah, all right, and then two people, and then John, what uh, what is your like favorite paint scheme or diecast? Like if you were to buy diecast, what what would you buy? Yeah,
3: so like I said, I wasn't super into NASCAR back then. I mean I know the big guys, I know like to pot and all that, but like honestly, the two that always stood out to me when I was younger were the Labonte's. They always had like they had the cereal right. You had like the that cornflakes helps. car was awesome.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: helps. there was one I think that I don't know if it was Bobby or Terry had and it was like it was like all kinds of ones. It was like Reese's uh, puffs and like a Lucky Charms on the hood and that kind of stuff. Those ones are awesome. Um, the second best car ever in my opinion is the Tide car. That car is sick. That's They're good. like the, the Tide.
2: That's exactly the one I was just thinking in my statement. That car is
3: that car is awesome and definitely needs to come back. But I would say the cereal ones. Plus, I love cereal.
2: So, yeah.
3: what's your favorite cereal? Oh man, I don't know. Cinnamon toast crunch is so good. Like Lucky Charms is good. If I'm being yeah. healthy, I'm just eating like raisin bran and Cheerios. But if I'm not being healthy, sign me up for those other ones.
1: I'm eating cereal. I'm not trying to eat like healthy. <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm already if i already down the cereal aisle, i'm not getting fucking a raisin brand yeah <laughs> you know like i've already i've witnessed more like it's like going to like it's like going to the pop-tart aisle and getting like strawberry like no thank you
3: oh no the I want the Pop-Tart. chocolate pop-tart yeah yeah exactly.
1: the getting the yeah. most like deranged like ridiculous concoction of all time i'm getting pop-tarts for sure because i'm getting fomo i want to do one of these
0: well we'll save it for the offseason. I mean you can both do one how about that all
1: right i've already got my car so
0: well, that's better reason to wait because then you're gonna figure out your answers, and if it's more fun that way. Catch up, catch off up guard.
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, the only thing is, I, I forgot the manufacturers what they correlate to. So, um, I want a Chevy, I think, but I don't know which one
0: that is. I'll have to wait and find out. Tough. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've kept you guys way long enough. Eric is still sitting <laughs> at his work,
2: so I feel really bad. I still got an hour drive home tonight. Oh, oh my god. I'm in. I'm all in. All right. I had a lot of fun and certainly don't want to be a stranger and want to be back on one of these, one of these times when I have time to actually do some research and have some educated bets or analysis to go into one of these races or tournaments. But yeah, this is a lot of fun. You guys are doing a lot of great work that I know the, the Twitter page and I'm sure on Spotify and Apple that the the crowd is growing and, the more that you guys are doing and interacting is, is a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to to be a part of having that, that insider access to the glorious insider group chat that you guys always reference. And and I appreciate all the, all the shout outs that John, Nick, and I get throughout the, throughout the time there, too, always slipping in there. So a lot of fun. Looking forward to this for years to come and hopefully getting a little more involved here in the future. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is awesome.
1: For sure, man. And I, I got—I just got to say, if—if uh, those—if those y'all that that do listen to flag hunting every week and do enjoy our stuff, you guys—you guys have these guys to thank for this being an in, in endeavor like in general. Just because me and Chris both started the way we got our start, I guess handicapping our sports was, you know, just giving picks to these guys and just bouncing our ideas off of them. And the fact that they've been so receptive and so supportive about our picks and the podcast uh, has went a long way for sure. So it was a. Uh, it's definitely mutual, man. We I think we've both uh hopefully got given you as much as you've given us.
3: Yeah, thanks for the invite tonight, guys. It was obviously awesome meeting you guys at uh, at Greensboro. That was a lot of fun. We gotta make sure we figure out something to do every year. Hopefully we can get Nick and Eric, whether we go visit Ian down south in the uh in the the abyss that is Florida, or whether sure. he comes back up here. But uh definitely gotta do something. That was a lot of fun and uh really looking forward to next year you know the thing is is you know Krista had to, you know you had to do all this with a next-gen car with no data that anybody had yep. you know and, and obviously Ian's trying to handicap golf and figuring out uh what models he wants to use at her best and what stats and things like that and then you know then other things things just don't work out so but um really awesome to get to know you guys appreciate being on the call and uh You know, one of these days, when I'm in all these other leagues with you, and I assert my dominance there, then we can kind of, you know, we can kind of go through, you know, uh, not giving me these crappy NASCAR teams, where I have to force these trades with Chris. So yeah, I
2: I am in last place this year, so so don't (laughs) think you got the worst team. Yeah. brad
3: kozlowski <laughs> last year eric's like do you want kez or truex and it turns out neither one of us wanted either play you know either yeah. driver i mean you know it's like oh cool thanks for giving me a truex so, i
1: think i'd still yeah. rather have truex than kez though to be honest about. i mean not
3: like it matters now i've got you know now i've got boy wonder and and rowdy so we'll see what goes on there but Fair enough. yeah but, yeah i appreciate it guys thanks a lot uh, sorry we kept you so late, Eric, but uh, really, I'm sure we could talk all night, but just a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, guys. Yep. Okay. I agreed. So with that being said, uh, we'll shut this off and then turn it right back on to start recording Darlington. So <laughs> right back at it, me and Ian are right back, right back here. So uh, appreciate all listeners, if you stuck it out this far, for hearing the insights from our, uh, from our infamous group chat. And uh, stick around for the next episode with Darlington. See you guys in a little bit.
2: Bye. Awesome. See you guys.